his name? Kurt Thomas. His title, three-time world gymnastics champion. His assignment, a secret mission for the United States government. His only weapon, himself. And that's all he needs. Combine the discipline, the timing, and the power of gymnastics with the explosive force of karate. And a new, all-powerful martial art is born. Gymkata. Well, well, here we are. Shall we play a game? I want my MTV. Know what only $1.99 buys you at Ponderosa right now? Only at Radio Shack. So, what would you little maniacs like to do first? Welcome to Members Only Studios and Living in the 80s. Of course, I'm Rob. I'm always here. But I've got Kevin and Matt with me today. So Thanks for having us. How you doing? Yeah. So how are you gentlemen this evening? Doing great, thank you. All right. So um, the last time, gosh, it's been a few weeks. Matt, it's been about a month since you've been yeah, here. It's Kevin, been it's been a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. um, last time Matt was here, I think he, he mentioned something about Kevin crying. I, no, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the case. And if it is the case, that's old news because... Um, <laughs> I, I just want—I want to go on the air and say publicly, I—I I don't think that's true that he cried at ET. I don't. I don't. I don't think he cried at all. And if he—if—if if he did, I support him in that. Um, <clears throat> I just—I don't think we should talk about that anymore. I think we should just leave that. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Not back bring it in, up again. Leave it in the '80s. We're gonna leave that in the '80s. <laughs> Sounds I, good to me. And right. I—and I say that without any, you know, pressure. Any guy, I just, I just, I'm saying that, you know, just saying that. So, let's never talk about this topic again. Okay. <laughs> all right. So be it. Gosh. So this week we're going to be talking all about 1985. Yeah. Um. So, gentlemen, what were you doing in 1985? Well, as Years ago in the 80s, this was the big one for me, um, or one of the biggest ones. Uh, I graduated from high school in 85, in June. In August, I became an adult, turned 18. And the day after I turned 18, I got a call from Nationwide asking me if I wanted to you know, accept the job there, which of course I did. And then six days after I start, uh, turned 18, I started at Nationwide, which I'm still there, 36 years later. So, Wow. Well, it'll be 36 years in August. So, nice. uh, big year for me. And, then, of course, I also met my friend Dean. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. He worked in the mailroom along with me, and uh, we've, we've become lifelong friends since then. So, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a big year, big year for me, 85. Wow. I was a sophomore in high school, mm -hmm. and... Um, did you, did your voice crack like that? Did you? I was going back in high school. I was. That's why, as a sophomore, that happened a lot. A lot. It was a. It was a, more than you wanted. That it was my sophomore voice right there. Uh, yeah. So it was good. It was a good year. Uh, good year. Sports in high school. Uh, basketball team. It was. A, it was a good year for us. 
and um, enjoyed that. Did I remember? I remember my sophomore year because that's the year like we started like algebra or, or was it algebra two? I think it one was. of the maths. One of the maths where I was starting to realize, man, I don't like this. I don't <laughs> like math, and uh, it was because I kind of felt like I was always kind of smart in school. And then I think it was like my sophomore year, I was realizing, eh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe there's a lot out there that I don't know, and I'm not sure that I want to. So I started making some poor life choices, probably right there, <laughs> uh, academically at least. So, yeah. No, I, I, sophomore year is a good year. I started driving the old, uh, uh, our first car. The you, Mustang? The Mustang. Uh, 19, mine was a 76 brown Mustang. Yeah. Sounds a lot cooler than it was. Like you had the seventy-seven. Seventy-seven, yes. And they, they, were, looked, they looked they alike. They were twin. They were like identical. They kind of sounded alike. They were same uh, four-cylinder motor. Mustangs are a cool car, um, except for seventy-six and seventy-seven. We're pretty 78, much seventy-eight. Like seventy-eight wasn't good. Yeah, it was. It was probably one of the worst cars I ever owned. But it was. It was one of the funnest cars because we just we destroyed it. It was awesome. Yeah. So great. here, here's my my where I could never kind of wrap my brain around. So Ford makes the Mustang. Now, in the, the 60s Mustangs. Epic. Muscle. Muscle awesome. cars. Yeah. Early 70s. Wow. Those things were the, the hard, the, the double pipes, like... Beautiful. Muscle cars. Mm-hmm. Why in the world did I they think it was a good idea to throw out the mold of the muscle car yeah. and make those pieces of crap? That we drove around, yeah, yeah for several years. I, I don't know. It, talking it was, to girls, I got a Mustang. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounds good on the phone. Because by the time the eighties hit, they, they weren't so bad again. Right, right. Yeah. Where you drive Mustang, or I would get Stang. You know, where you drive Stang. <laughs> then they see it and it's like, oh, huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. They're like, I'll just walk. Like, yeah, my, my, my Chevette's <laughs> better than that. So. Yeah, yeah, the car I had, yes, with a mm. little yellow and orange rally stripe on it or whatever color it was. So. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, a good year. Sophomore year is a good year. What about you, Rob? You, Rob, you were out of high school. At this I point. was out of high school. Um, for me, that was a year of a lot of jobs because I never went to college. I just, you know, I, I wasn't feeling it. Like I, when I left high school, I shut my car door, turned on the radio. Sister Christian was on. I'm like. I am done academically. There it is. I have learned all they need to know. <clears throat> I shall learn no more. And That's so good. I drove away. This was in 1984. So by 85, I started off the year working at a place called Warehouse Club. So if you're familiar with like Costco and Sam's Club, it was like that. Back in those days, uh, the concept was fairly new, so they were more regional. Um, I, I worked there. And then about April of 85, I got a job as, a, as an exterminator. So I worked for a company called Varmint Guard. And, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and I was bad at the job. People were awesome, great Christian people. They hired me at 18 years old, didn't know what the heck I was doing. Mm-hmm. Like I called in sick half the time, especially like on Mondays. Yeah. And, you know, I like half did my job and they were very graceful so finally one day uh this is probably i want to guess september so i met from april to like september no probably october i worked there and they called me in the office they're like um do you do you enjoy working here <laughs> i'm like yeah everybody's great you know and they're like and he and i said i'm about to be fired ain't i and they're like well 
we don't like to say fired, but I'm like, what if I just quit? And there they go, deal. <laughs> so that was it. I was without a job for about a weekend, and then uh, my friend Jerry Vanskoy worked at uh, Auto Body Supply. Boom. So uh, he got me on there. So by the time before the weekend was up, I had another job. Wow. And uh, so I started. I worked there for three years, and uh, that they supply supplies for for body shops, and. Um, they had, uh, you know, like paints and fenders and things like that. So I started off as a delivery driver and I moved to paint mixer and then finally assistant manager. I, I Dwight Schroeder it there for a little bit. Sweet. And uh, that that's what I, I did in 85. I started going to a new church in 85. That's like when I met Matt. Yeah. I met you in 1985. There it is. And um, we hit it off mm-hmm. right away. That's awesome. Uh, in fact, Matt is one of the reasons I started going to church there. Sweet. Because, you know, we've talked about Cardo's before, the, the famous pizza hangout that everybody listening to this podcast either went there or they've heard enough about it that they feel, <laughs> feel like, like they've been right. there. So uh, a lot of the church crowd, like after church on like Sunday night, would, would show up there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my church was no different. And a lot of, you know, south end of Columbus, there's probably about a half dozen churches. The youth groups would all show up there and they'd hang out. And so I kind of got to know Matt a little bit, you know, more by association. And, and I had, had mentioned to him the fact that I was kind of disenchanted with my church. And so Matt chimes in. He's like, come to my church. You might like it. And Troy McNichols is sitting there. Mm-hmm. And Troy, is our, he's our guy. He's our guy. And we're, we're talking about, about the church there. And, and Troy's kind of an old soul. Now he's an old man, but back then he's, 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 like, he's like a year younger than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he uh, he's he's like every service is like camp meeting. Yeah, he was excited <laughs> about it. So um, we had uh, I, I decided to try the church. I was going to my old church on Sunday Sunday nights or Sunday mornings, and then Sunday nights and Wednesday nights I, I would go to Grace. Mm-hmm. And and the more I was there, the more it felt like home. And like a lot of my life changed, that that '85 was a huge transition year for me. Yeah. And um, heck, I, I I lifelong friends I gained out of that. It should whole be experience. a national holiday the year that you and I got together. I it mean, should be. Sh- we should that should be celebrated by the masses. It should be at it least by 1.8 thousand people. Yes, our Facebook page. Uh, yes, we're looking we today. So 1.8 thousand. You guys went to the same high school. Nope. He went to Hamilton. I went to Oh, that's right. You went to yeah. Hamilton. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. correct. Right. <laughs> you don't need to say I, I that. Like so you sad. Into, oh, you went to Hamilton. Oh, you went to Hamilton. Bless no, your heart. <laughs> oh, you went to Hamilton. <laughs> There's some Hamilton people that listen to this. So Hamilton's a great school. So you were Taze Valley. What you like Taze Valley? Oh, you were there. Okay, okay. You went to Taze. No. Okay. Back then it wasn't Taze Valley. It was Taze Valley. Yeah, that was a farm school back then. I think it still kind of is. Oh, those yeah. kids there. Maybe back then it was like eighty percent farmers, and like the other twenty percent might have lived like in Asheville. Right now it's like eighty percent live in Asheville. Maybe twenty yeah, percent are farmers now. now. Yeah, guess, it, so. it, that's true. It is. Yeah. It, it switched. It, yeah, that's uh, urban sprawl caught up with Asheville. So it's it's a nice community. Awesome. But uh, back then they had one that one traffic light. Mm-hmm. You remember the time we were in my Chevelle and I jumped the railroad tracks? Were you, was it you that were with me? I don't remember that. Maybe it was David. I don't remember. So my 67 Chevelle, I talk about all the time. Uh, I'd hit, like, this railroad track had, like, a hump. And uh, and if you hit it just right, you get a little air. Yeah. So I, I 
again, I'm dumb. I'm I'm 17 years old at this point. <laughs> I hit that thing going about 60, and I I didn't. No part of my tire touched the metal of the track. Oh, that's good stuff. I, I was in the air, <laughs> and then I landed, and it made a like a <laughs> noise. It did not hurt the car at all. Mm. It still operated the same. No physical damage or anything. The front, everything was fine. But man, that was a lot. Of, hey, it, was a, it was a scary fun because to be airborne and not really planning to be the, gen- <laughs> the general Lee. I mean, she kind of taught us. She did. Said, we can we can leave the ground in the car and be okay. Yeah, right. and and yeah. thankfully I was. There it is. So in our lives, 1985 was a great year. Oh, yeah. um, we're going to talk about uh, in the podcast today a lot of the things that went on then. But first, we're going to take a quick break, thank the people that let us make this happen, and we will be right back. And now, a word from our sponsors. Thank you for listening to Living in the 80s. We want to take this opportunity to thank all of those that helped make this possible. First and foremost, we want to thank Anchor for providing this platform for us to share this podcast. We also want to thank... Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Tuned In Radio, and about a dozen others. We also want to give a special thank you to Star1079.com and Roundtown Radio, where you can hear this podcast weekly. Also, be sure to check us out at our website at livinginthe80s.us, and of course, on our Facebook page, Living in the 80s. Thanks, and back to the show. Alrighty, back to our show, and we're going to start off talking about you know, what was going on in 1985. You know, first of all, like I, I like to quiz you guys, I, if you can guess, you know, what things cost back then. Oh, so yeah. we're going to start off with. Um, well, here's a new one. I didn't see on the other ones. What was the life expectancy in 1985? Ooh, that's a good question. Um. Would it have been like seventy uh, five? I'm gonna say late seventies. Seventy four point seven. Oh, Shut up! Wow. That's it. Yeah, I would have guessed about seventy five. So we start we start dying in us. That's not good. Yeah. I wonder what it is now. I don't know. Okay, I don't really care. I just wonder. <laughs> it seems like seventy five seems young. As we get older, yeah. Yeah. those who listen to this podcast, as we near that age, that don't seem that old anymore. No, it's seventy five. That's great. Yeah, that's at seventy eight point five four is is what it is now. So, so we're g- living to be about three years older than did back in the We've 80s. gained three years and three decades. Yeah, that's. And I think a lot of that's because um, I think Diet Coke was killing people off. Yeah, you think so? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or New Coke, one of them did. One of those. <laughs> All right. Um, what was the cost of a new home in nineteen eighty five? Probably around. Eighty thousand dollars. Sixty-five. Sixty-five thousand. One hundred thousand eight hundred. Shut wow. up! Where was really? this? I, 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 this we talk about this all the time. Yeah, Maybe California prices. I don't yeah. know. It, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like that should be that much. No. Because I, I know, like, I had bought a house in like nineteen ninety-seven, had it built, and it was like a hundred and twenty-seven thousand. And that is like 12 years after this. Yeah. And, right. and it was just an average house. It was nice, but it was just an average house. So, 
Yeah, that seems right. a little high. Uh, median household income in 1985. That would have probably been around $22,000, $23,000 a year. Uh, for the household income? Yeah. Uh, I'll say thirty-five. Twenty-three thousand six eighteen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, what was the cost of a postage stamp? Uh, twenty-two cents. I was going to say twenty-five. Twenty. Oh, twenty. It, it went to twenty-two cents in nineteen eighty-eight. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, cost of a gallon of regular gas. Six cents. <laughs> so it's 1985 to 1905. Oh, okay, uh, okay. I would say, so I remember it would have been around a dollar. I was going right? to say a buck. Like yeah, it's it close cents. to a dollar. Very close. Dollar twenty. Okay. You guys are pretty good. You guys are... We're getting lucky. You're how, on there. how about a Swatch Watch? Swatch Watch? I would guess about 40 bucks. I was going to say 1999. Right in the middle. 20, 30 bucks. Oh, wow. Okay. 30 bucks for a Swatch Watch? 1985. <laughs> Uh, did you have a Swatch watch? I did not. My brother did. Did you have a... Didn't have Okay, one. I'm just throwing this out there. Did you have a calculator watch? Yes or no? Just be honest. No, because I hated math. Okay. <laughs> I did not either. You no calculator watch. You had a calculator watch? I did not, no. Mike Rutherford, I think, still has a Casio uh, calculator watch that he wears daily. Sweet. I'm pretty sure about that. That's sweet. Yeah. I would like to get the that... That on a on the iPhone, on the Apple Watch like that, that look yeah like yeah. the face yeah that would be cool that would be very cool for like a minute I'm like okay okay it's alright <laughs> <laughs> kind of like when I first got my Apple Watch I'm, I'm like ooh there's like I can do like a Buzz Lightyear face or yeah. Mickey Mouse but now as you can see it's just regular time and tem- yeah. time and temperature in my heart rate thing yeah, that's, that's my it. favorite thing I yeah. Do, so. um cost of a dozen eggs hmm. Buck, one dollar. One dollar? I'd say around two. Ooh, 80 cents. Oh, wow. wow. Okay, I was yep. way off on that one. And then the last one, we'll say the cost of a gallon of milk. Oh, that's uh, that's that's a dollar twenty-five. Say about a dollar seventy-five. Two dollars and twenty-six cents. Oh, so milk and eggs are kind of, I feel like they're priced not too much higher than that now. I bought eggs yesterday for like a dollar nineteen. Yeah, we talked about Art eating his hippie eggs. They're like four dollars a dozen. Mm. I don't eat those fancy. Jeez, what, what kind of eggs is would he be eating? Oh, like the cage-free organic. Oh, oh for oh. crime! Where, they, where they, they send the chickens to the masseuse every day and they <laughs> rub their shoulders oh, and, and they press an their wings and the, the eggs come out very precious. So that's what Art eats. <laughs> wow. So, Matt, you, but, you, you got know, the shirt. I'm, Speaking I'm of gonna, art. I'm not going to say nothing bad about art ever. Yeah. Because art is the man. He mentioned a couple, uh, several weeks ago that he had a Hawaiian shirt. And I have a, um affinity towards the uh, Hawaiian shirt. The I mean, Magnum P.I. thing. <clears throat> I may have a, a little look going on. I may have 20 need, or so. Here's what you need to do. I'm sitting stash. here looking at, at bearded Matt. I need you should stash. do the stash with a Hawaiian shirt. Maybe I will. And post it on our page. Maybe I will. Magnum MM. I just thinned this out, too. I should let this go. Deck on it. I should let that go. <laughs> it's, um, it's still pretty thick, though. We, we, uh, yeah. Matt, Matt grew, if you guys haven't seen Matt more in person, he grows a very manly beard. It's, 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 it's impressive. It's, it yeah. is. I, I, if you're going to grow it, grow it. That's what yeah. I always say. So. But yeah, Art left me a shirt. He did. I, I gave him a hard time, and he actually... Uh, had Rob present to me this beautiful Hawaiian shirt actually was bought in Hawaii. It even says made it's in Hawaii. Beautiful inside. art. Thank you, buddy. I'm gonna give Kevin a big old hug in, in your place. So that's 
Dude, that's an awesome shirt. It's, it's awesome. Thank you, thank you. So, before we get on to the rest of the show here, uh, we're going to start talking about like news and events and current stuff and sure. and, and all of that. But if you recall, if you guys pay any attention at all, probably uh, three or four months ago, um, Matt and I joined Jason Big J on the Chewing the Fat podcast, and we went through 1985. Mm-hmm. But we were made fun of Big J because he would have things like the cubic zirconian jewel yeah. was yeah. found right. and right. whatever, and and these were the top books. We ain't doing that. No, no. Here, this okay, is how you do it. Here, here's one book from 1985, The Mammoth Hunters. Boom, we're done. Let's not talk about books no more. That's it. That's Never it. it. <laughs> yeah, me neither. So <laughs> That's so how anyhow, you talk about books. In, in the spirit of going through our trek of the 80s, so if you've been listening at all, we've started 1980, we're up to 1985, mm-hmm. and we've still got you know four more to go after this. So we just wanted to uh, to kind of put that out there. So we, uh, Jason's our friend. We we, we, we appreciate him and thank him, and um, just uh, wanted to give him a shout out. And give that if you like if you like just hearing guys sit around and talk about whatever. Chewing the fat is a good chewing podcast for you. So check those guys out. All right, so um, on to our list. So Kevin, kick us off here. What's that that first that first. Uh, news item you have there. Well, our, I actually read the first couple. Our yeah. favorite president of the 80s started mm-hmm. his second ter- term in uh, 1985. Rapping so. Ronnie Reagan. Rapping <laughs> Ronnie Reagan. So. And of course, uh, the Super Bowl winner from that year. Wh- who was that? Well, that would happen to be the 49ers. Oh, here we go. Oh, yes. The San go. Francisco 49ers defeated the Miami Dolphins 38 to 16. That was a big showdown of Joe Montana and Dan Marino. It was going to go down to the wire. It was never close. Oh boy. Here we so go. that was his that was the only time Marino made it to the Super Bowl. Right? The only I think time. It was the second year in the league or Oh, uh, yes. Some, yeah, yeah. Was, okay. Never made it back. Yeah, they kind of thought you know, they would show they would uh, pair off again, but that wasn't meant to be. So, Matt, why don't you take the, the, the next couple there? You know, I have I have a different list here than he does. Oh, Now you don't. Okay, now i got his list. But you uh, can use your list. That's fine. Uh, we're looking at uh, Mike Tyson made his boxing debut on March 6th. Now, that that, that changed the sport right there. It did. That changed like, the sport there, of boxing. There hadn't been a presence like Tyson since Muhammad Ali, exactly. who had retired in 1980. Right. And boxing, I mean, the, the biggest draw in boxing was becoming like the like the middleweights like Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto right. Duran, Thomas Hearns. The heavyweight <coughs> class was not stellar. Right. But then comes Iron Mike. Dude, he changed everything. I mean, I, he put he put fear in people. I mean, just watching those fights, you're like, good lord. Just, when he threw a punch, you could almost feel your jaw getting yeah. dislocated. Yeah, I, it, it was piece. fun to watch his fights because you're going... How quick will he knock this dude out? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a matter whether or not he was going to win or lose. No, yeah, no. Yeah. How quick you're going to? How long is this guy going to be able to stay on his feet? Wasn't there one fight that was like eight seconds or something? Yeah, he threw a punch and the dude just boom on the ground. So. That's the guy's. And which, which you think about it, because he got these padded boxing gloves on, he might have killed the guy yeah. if it was just his bare fist. Oh, dude, that's just nuts. Mike Tyson was, and Mike Tyson just fought last uh, last month, two months ago. Yeah. Uh, who did he fight? He fought. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Roy Jones a, Jr. Or Roy Jones Jr. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, I, he, he did. He did. I think they call it a draw, but they, Tyson, they, Tyson dominated. Yeah, the they fight. called it a draw, like, and then a Roy Jones even said, "He goes, 
You know, he goes, I appreciate the draw, but I'm going to feel this for a while. He, he beat me down. <laughs> I watched that fight. That was pretty you good. you got to love the honesty. Uh, March 31st, we got WrestleMania debuts at Madison Square Garden. I imagine you probably have some thoughts on that there, right? I do. I, I was watching that, watching it live. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a friend of my dad's decided to buy the pay-per-view, which I don't remember how much it was. I want to say it's like I want to say it's like fifty bucks, maybe thirty-five. I don't remember what it was, but money uh, well spent, whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> not for me, it wasn't. Oh, really? You didn't no. like it? Well, here's the thing. We talked about this. I, I was more of an NWA fan. Georgia Championship Wrestling. Yeah, baby. You know, Mid Atlantic. Yeah, baby. Florida, all that stuff. Where where the wrestling was a little. You know, we all know that the outcome is predetermined. Mm-hmm. We get that. We get it. But but it felt a little more intense, a little more real. And then when it comes to the WWF, it's sort of like Cartoon Network because they had these bigger than life characters, and they were all like parodies of them of themselves. Like all these guys had been in other organizations before, and I mean, they're having these matches where like Roddy Piper had a dog collar match with Greg Valentine and legitimately ripped off like part of his ear. So now he's on Saturday morning cartoons. He's, <laughs> he's tag teaming against. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, and it's just, it's a show. And, you know, those of us wrestling fans, the purists, just didn't didn't really take to it too well. Hmm. So I, I watched it, and the whole time I'm just sitting there just like, I can't believe this. There are a few good matches, but, you know, it's not, you know, they, they talk WrestleMania like it was, was so great. But. but I remember you always talking about the wrestlers that were in the WWF. Like, uh, who who was Ric Flair in? NWA. Oh, okay. Never mind. Him. <laughs> <laughs> the Freebirds. Yeah, 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 the Freebirds. Tommy the Ridge. Brutus, Bru- uh, not uh, Bru- the, Bru- the Bru- British Bulldogs. They were in the WWF. Yeah. Okay. So so a few of them. Uh, yeah. The Freebirds. The Freebirds were in WA. NWA. Okay. Yeah, the Road Warriors. Okay. So maybe um, I was watching NWA and I didn't maybe, know. It. I thought you were watching have. WWF. You might have. That's so sad. So. But so April twenty third, um, Coca Cola released new Coke. So if you guys younger kids maybe maybe um, not know what's going on, so Coca Cola had the same formula for years and years and years. And in nineteen eighty five, well probably nineteen eighty three, Pepsi came up with the Pepsi Challenge. Oh yeah. So basically, they would go to grocery stores and sporting events and things like that, and have Pepsi and Coke and unmarked things. And you've got to taste each one and decide which one you like better. Well, Pepsi was becoming the choice of the new generation. Like, people were liking Pepsi better than Coke. And so what Coca-Cola did... Pepsi is better, but yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> so um, what, what Coca-Cola did, they, they decided to... It was a huge, a huge news story. Like, this is like CBS News leading off story... Coca-Cola is abandoning its old flavor and come out with like a sweeter drink that, that tasted almost exactly like Pepsi, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And um, there was such an outrage over, like all the Coke purists were, were mad. And Pepsi's like, you know, we've locked this formula in a vault and it's never coming back. And this is the new Coke. And it was, you know, advertised as new Coke. And this can looked a little bit different. And and it was a, the summer of 85, it was a huge, a huge deal. Um, people were, like, selling, like, people had kept some of the old Coke, and they're selling it for, like, you know, 50 bucks a bottle. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. And so after three months, 
they figured out that the um, they needed to go back to the original formula, which they called Coca-Cola Classic. Coca-Cola Classic. Now, Matt told us something before we went on the air <laughs> that I never heard until today. Yeah. So, so I, you know, uh, you, you watch your key TV cop shows and they'll have their CIs. You know, they're, they're drug informants or criminal informants there. I've got a CI who used to work at Coke. He's my Coke informant. <laughs> I guess that sounds criminal, Coca-Cola. too. Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola sounds, informant. Yeah, Coca-Cola yeah, okay, informant. Yeah. Uh, but he was telling me that when when um, uh, when they changed when, when New Coke came out, it was just a distraction because when when they when they stopped the Coke the classic Coke in '85, it was uh, cane sugar. It was that's what the, the the sweetener was. It was pure sugar cane. And then when they wanted to switch to the the corn fructose, uh, the the syrup kind of a sugar, but they didn't want it to be you know. Monday it's cane sugar and Tuesday it's it's uh, the syrup. So they wanted a break in between it so us the people w- wouldn't know the difference. We were duped. Yeah, we they didn't want us to think that we you know oh this is better this is worse. So they thought if they broke up the you know they broke up the two flavors by a, se- a few several months that when we go back to the Coke Classic and we change the sugar that we wouldn't remember what the original taste was. Uh, so they come up with this new Coke thing, and it lasted. Actually, it ran until '92, I believe it said. Yeah. But, but basically, it was it, after three months. They, I mean, it was they knew they were coming back with the with the original with the syrup instead of the sugar cane, and they they did. And actually, they uh, it says they even broke in on the newscast. The uh, uh, who was the one of the Peter Jennings broke in on the. Uh, General Hospital interrupted a show to say, Coke Classic is back. It was big news. Yeah, yeah, big Americans news. take their, their, their pop pretty seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Notice it, I didn't say soda just then. Right. There you go, it's pop. It's pop. It's pop. But so, so, yeah, so the, the, the Coke was just a, the new Coke was just a distraction uh, because it was just uh, the, the end of sugar cane and the, the beginning of the syrup. And they, they just wanted to. The distinction for us is so we wouldn't, you know, know anything's different. Right now, now today all of our Coke is the shirt is the syrup, but you can still get the cane sugar mm-hmm. uh, in like the the ones from Mexico, like yeah. the glass bottles. Yeah, which so. you can get like a case of those at, at Sam's Club. Yep. Uh, a lot of the Mexican restaurants will serve it if yep. you if you ask for it. That's a sugar um, in glass bottles, so it, it you can definitely taste a difference. Yep. Now, if I had tasted it. Now, and tasted you know, the regular Coke a year from now, I may not notice a difference. But if you have them side by side, you can definitely tell a difference. Absolutely. So I think, yeah, I always kind of suspected that they had planned yeah. on going back, but hadn't heard that until today yeah. that that was actually a very calculated move. a calculated move. move, yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's pretty well. See, guys, you don't get this kind of biting yeah, reporting anywhere else. Right. And I can't reveal my source, okay, because, I mean, it's just... You, you don't, you don't want to blow your seat. CI's cover. I don't want to blow his cover, so... Nice. But that, I appreciate that insight there. Cool. That was a good little story. What else you got? Uh, Route 66 became yes. decommissioned, so that was the, yeah. the main road out west at one time. and uh, From Chicago to L.A., and then they put As in the, the song main says. freeway, and it kind of became a, and and all the businesses along Route 66 kind of dried up and became yeah. ghost towns out through there. I mean, the road's still there. It's just yeah, it's um, just there are freeways that kind of go um, parallel to it, and people don't travel like they used to. I tell you what, guys, I I am a sucker for you guys know me nostalgia, a and, bit. and and just that whole 
that whole like 40s, 50s uh, era of Route 66 and and the little you know world's largest ball of twine is on the way and you know the, the little motels and cafes, diners, restaurants on the way and the family getting the family truckster and just going out west like that stuff like I love that so if if, if I am watching a movie or a TV show and it's from that era or they're doing something like that man I'm glued in some mm-hmm. of those, those yeah. if you got like the Disney app or whatever you, you got some of those old shows on there you can see glimpses of Americana back then I I just love it. I just yeah. freaking love that stuff <laughs> and so I I me and Alex my son went out to Arizona couple years ago we drove it and uh, we got off a little bit and traveled route 66 for a little bit did you go through some like old ghost towns or whatever we did we only went for a couple miles okay i did say you yeah i I didn't i like i didn't want to get lost or too much off the beaten path and so i just you know just to say i drove it yeah it did for a minute but i would like to to maybe go back and drive and you know not only to see if there are any of those diners and things still operating but you know, maybe to see the ones that have kind of closed down. That would be yeah. sad for me, but yeah, there you go. There you go. What you got? You got one? Uh, the compact disc was introduced into the United States. Um, we were talking earlier about that. Yeah. We were, yeah. For the about, rich kids. For the rich we, kids. We were about five years away from yeah. the compact. I think for you, you said about four years, about 89, you said you got your first compact disc, yes. Rob. Yeah, I, I can't remember my first CD. Um, my my first one was uh, Now and Zen by Robert Plant. Wow. Yeah, I had got it at Camelot Music, and then I, I bought it before I bought my first CD player. And that was that was just because um, I think it was on sale. I knew I was going to get a CD player, but, but I bought that first, so... Very nice. We talked earlier. Remember the scene from The Wedding Singer when he came home with the CD player? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, I do remember that. I got you something. It's called a CD player. But the sound quality's outstanding. You want to play a record? No, Jules, it doesn't play records. It plays CDs. <laughs> it's a CD player. So, any guesses as to how much the first CD player cost? Hmm. Like if you bought a CD player brand new in 1985, probably like a thousand bucks. I know. Twelve hundred dollars. Are you kidding me? No kidding. Like towards the end of the CD revolution, you get them for like fifty bucks. Like you can get a Discman, you know, <laughs> for like thirty dollars. Twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. Oh. But the sound quality was amazing. Now I know why I didn't have one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. That's insane. Craziness. I, I Craziness. had no idea. All right, what else we got, boys? Uh, we, I, I got a different list here. I, I got a couple here I found. Um, we, um, I was telling you about the interview with, uh, we, we talked about wrestling. Yeah. Uh, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, they were on a show with uh, Richard Beltzer, who's we kind of remember him probably from Law & Order, but back yeah. then he had a little... Yeah. He was a comedian at a talk he, show. He used to do stand-up. Yeah. yeah. So, so he told Hulk Hogan to put him in a wrestling move. And because I think he was kind of thinking it's fake and whatever, and so they egged him on, egged him on, egged him on, and he put uh, Beltzer in a like a, a rear naked choke kind of a thing, and uh, passed out, dropped him, his head on table, nine stitches right there on TV, <laughs> 1985. What a that, dope. That's, that's good stuff for 1985. I oh, like that. Oh man. So um, the Nintendo Entertainment System is released in October of 1985. 
So did you guys have a Nintendo? Not in 85. I did later, but not until the 90s. I, I had an Atari at that point. So. Atari 2600. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, Which Nint- Joel knew all about. Here we go. So, yeah, you guys need to listen to Living, Living in, the in the Shade of an 80s Arcade. Our buddy Joel hosts that yep. one, and every week he brings up a new game or gaming system or I, I, whatever. I, was, I, was, I saw this one, too. <clears throat> 1985, the most powerful supercomputer on Earth had 1.9. Now, I wish Joel was here because he would know what this, what this means. Yeah. It says GFLOPS. I want to oh, say GFLOPS. Oh, the old GFLOPS. Uh, it, the the most powerful computer in 1985 had 1.9 G flops, and that's totally that, right. That, that, it that's sounds like right. a lot. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. Today, and a Nintendo Cube has 9.4. That's just weird. That I mean, is weird. That's that's wild stuff. That's some wacky, wacky stuff. Wacky. So wild stuff. Microsoft released the first version of Windows, which is Windows 1.0 in 1985. <laughs> oh, now, my, oh, my first wow. computer, I got probably 89 or 90, um, probably more like 90, 91, had a Windows 3.0 in it, and I thought I was like on the cutting edge of technology. Yeah, my Ooh, first wee. one at work was either 3.0 or 3.1, so yeah. um, like, no mouse at that point, it was still all... I, I had a mouse. You had a mouse? I had a mouse, yes. Oh. Can you imagine Windows... Windows yeah. Windows what? clicking that mouse, double clicking. That's, That's double clicking the mouse. Double clicking that mouse. That's good. That's good. And then I remember uh, when Windows ninety five came out, that changed the world. Yes, but that's ten years from now. That's... Right now we're in Windows one point oh. Mm-hmm. What else we got? Uh, so there was the mafia was really big in the eighties. Yes, and uh, I remember seeing on the news like there's just a dead body laying there in the streets and it's like oh a mafia boss got shot and you know and, oh, and yeah. Paul Castellanano or something like that I yeah. can't remember exactly how his name's pronounced but uh, John Gotti had ordered a hit on him and then mm-hmm. John Gotti became the boss of that family again being a crime family um, yeah. but yeah he, this guy's just thinking he's an untouchable boss and he's heading to a steak place gets out of his car and he gets killed shot and killed and I believe his uh, driver and slash bodyguard got killed as well and uh so that kind of ushered it. But that, that happened a lot. There's like all these like... Yeah. Well, you know, I think if you are a, a crime boss or if you're in the mafia, you know, at all, it is like a righteous death to die in front of a steak place yeah. or an Italian, Italian restaurant and get shot up. Not just once or twice, but yeah. maybe get full of like 90 riddled. bullets. Yeah, riddled. riddled with bullets. There it is. It's like I am a sucker for those like... Godfather. They will talk about me in podcasts for years to come. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) So, that's crazy. Love it. Um, I got a couple here. Uh, Tommy Hilfiger started his clothing line, which is a brand that I never wore because to me it was like if you had a compact disc, you probably had Tommy Hilfiger. Yeah, you're you're, you're going to the... You're going to the mall to buy your $1,200 compact disc player while wearing Tommy Hilfiger, like two layers of shirts. Two layers, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I never. A one layer shirt knew. guy would not. No. Yeah, no. I, I, I was not. Oh man. Kevin is a Kevin's Tommy wearing jacket today. Tommy jacket tonight. I wasn't wearing it in the 80s. I can oh that. my goodness gracious! <laughs> Kevin waited until they got to Schottenstein's and bought them. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, Diana gets a discount. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> they, uh, they found the Titanic. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. 370, 370 miles from Newfoundland. And, they, did uh, they, they find Jack's corpse? 
They uh, Jackie and Rose was still he was still. That's right, because yeah. she fell on the boat at yeah, the she end jumped of the movie. Over, didn't yeah, she? right. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Awesome. <laughs> um, Calvin and Hobbes debuts. <gasps> I remember that. when they debuted. Oh, I love it. Because I used to read the comics every oh, day, yeah, religiously. Then, yeah, in the Citizen Journal, mm-hmm. and that's where they debuted. So he's only in there for like a month. Man, I love them. Uh, do you guys remember a guy named the Unabomber? Yes. So he had his first kill in 85. So oh, wow. good for him. Yeah. Look at <laughs> Gotta that. start small, work your way <laughs> up. Gotta, start, right. gotta so, start somewhere. Right? So knows. if you guys ever, Mindhunter is a oh, show on Netflix. And they they did one season dedicated to hunting down the Unabomber. Oh, oh so really. good. I'm still, I, I can't remember if I finished season one or not, but Art's the one that told me about this show. Of course, yeah. That would make sense. He's, he's in that kind of stuff because yeah. he's a cop. And uh, yeah, it's amazing, and and it's set back in time. What, what year is that set set in? Is that the seventies? Uh, the first one is the seventies, where they're they're first like the, the term serial killer had not been Ten a thing, even ago. though serial killers they weren't called that, they, and, yeah. and, and they didn't start looking for patterns for these profiling, guys. And right? So, yeah. Uh, so the FBI created a new unit and showed like how they. Got into the minds of these criminals and find out how they very interesting show. Very, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Unabomber was the second season, and the third season they just got done with. I believe I maybe I'm missing a season here or there, but they they tracked down the Olympic bomber. Yeah, this Mm. past season that was. I tell you what, there was like eight episodes. They're like an hour or so piece. I watched them probably in two nights. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it's no Cobra Kai. Nope, nothing is Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. It's good. All right. Um, hey, that little uh, that little plastic thing and pizzas, the little the table. Barbie doll table. Yep, came what? out eighty five. Shut up. Just wanted uh-huh. to throw that out there. Huh? I mean, I feel I feel better knowing that. I thought you might. I too. do too. Do you? Because it to me, they just kind of appeared one day. Yeah. Like, what's this little thing? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, they don't want your and pizza to crush because of the weight of the boxes. There on top is of it. someone very wealthy somewhere. There some is. family. Is raking in money. The same because I, I, some dude. I, I am pretty sure it's the same guy that makes the umbrellas for like drinks. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Fair. could be. I, if you ever saw a cocktail, you saw uh, Elizabeth Shue and and Tom Cruise talking about that. Hmm. Speaking of cocktail, so last week or two weeks ago, our podcast was about you know, uh, romantic movies. Mm-hmm. I failed to mention. That nobody brought up cocktail oh. as a movie, didn't mention it, and there is a clip of cocktail at the beginning of the podcast. Which now I- there are about ten clips there. Uh-huh. How many people played your game? Bro? Zero. What? I didn't think it was that hard of a game. I thought, well, you know, people will at least like try to guess. So, did you so, offer a prize? I offered. A limited edition living in the 80s can koozie to the first person that can get all of them right. I figured I'd get at least four or five to get them all right. You're still waiting on the first, so you can still win it. You can still win it. And you know what? We, we're, we'll make it easier for you. The person who gets the most correct in the next week. There you go. So somebody out there, you need to go to episode 48. Mm-hmm. This is 49. Episode 48 has got that information. You're looking for the, the Romantic Movies podcast. And when you get there, um, you know, there respond. You go. There you go. 
So the last thing I see on this list, maybe you guys got some extras, but the last issue of the Columbus Citizen Journal is circulated on December 31st. Sad day for wow. Columbus. It's a sad day for Rob because yeah. I used to be a paper boy and deliver. I got my two-year plaque. Dude, oh, yeah. yes. So I, I do, and it's hanging in members-only studios. So you're part of the history of... I am part of a, the rich legacy that was the Columbus Citizen Journal. Yeah. So those of you guys that have no idea what we're talking about, uh, the Citizen Journal was a daily newspaper here in Columbus. And um, the evening, it was the morning paper. The evening paper was the Columbus Dispatch. Uh, they used the same printing presses. They were competitors, uh, but they used the same printing presses. And... Um, the powers that be at the Citizen Journal um, felt like maybe production was slipping, more people were starting to gravitate towards the dispatch, and so they ended up stopping circulation. And, uh, you know, it was a sad day in newspaper world. Uh, kids, newspapers are these things they would deliver to your home every day. It was paper that had news on it. From the previous day. From yes. the previous day. So if you want to know what happened yesterday, you get a newspaper. Yes. <laughs> Before the internet, so that's it. That's we could do. It sounds crazy when you say it. It, does. Like it. it sure does. When you say it out loud like that, it sounds. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do we have anything else? Any other news stories? Uh, there's some more. You got any? No. Yeah, we're all, we're all tapped out, man. What you got? Well, I, I got I got a couple of neat. There's a. Don't this, give us no Jason news. I wasn't going to tell you about. I wasn't going to tell you about a book. I just some odd things. I the, okay. I think the through this was. Uh, well, well, first we'll do the uh, the Live Aid story about uh, Phil Collins. Yeah, they were, were, were we were gonna save that to the music part. Okay, okay, then I'll, yeah. I'll back I'll, I'll back off on that one. Save it. <laughs> uh, there, there was one the most famous um, uh, false arrest. Uh, most famous false arrest yeah. was in 1985 by a guy named Robert Her Roberto Hernandez. Okay, mm -hmm. this dude was jailed for a robbery that he didn't commit. The authorities confused him with another man who had the same name. Same birthday, same weight, same height, same brown hair, same eye color, same tattoos on their upper left arm, and their social security numbers were only off by one digit. Really? And they were what? two different guys? Two different guys. One wow. committed a robbery and the other got arrested. Isn't that a trip? That is a trip. That's yeah. a trip. You're tripping, boo. That's tripping, boo. <laughs> That's straight up 85 tripping right there. That is crazy. That's good stuff. I don't know. I just thought same tattoos. Same tattoos in the upper left arm. Like crazy. Like how many people want to have a Mighty Mouse tattoo? <laughs> it just makes me wonder who's out there. If it, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't know. Like mm. mom. It's like a. Do you have it like a doppelganger out there? You think? Do you? I do. You do? It was probably like in 1983-84. I was at the drive-through at McDonald's on, and South, I saw on South High Street. <laughs> I was ordering my food. The dude in front of me in the car looked just like me. I was enough for me to to, to kind of stare. Wow. Because like I think he because you know how it comes you come around because I'm like I see the dude like in the mirror of his car I'm like dude kind of looks like me as he kind of turns the corner where you can see like the full body his face I'm like holy cow like if it was wow. now I would have taken my phone and went snap <laughs> and, and got that selfie with the dude but uh, no wow that's pretty wild. What about you Kevin. Kind of creepy. You think you have got a double out? Actually, there? when I started working, I know Chris Hemsworth and you. Get, yeah, get, get, get <laughs> we get mixed up all the time. Uh, actually, when I started working at Nationwide, there was a guy that uh, was going to Grove City High School, who would uh, 
worked there in the afternoon. So he, he was like working at, you know, going to high school in the morning, working there in the afternoon. And people kept getting us mixed up. They asked us if we were brothers. And I couldn't see the resemblance, but everybody else seemed to, to see it. Oh, and, wow. and it was it was strange. Uh, what was his name? Do you remember? Brock. Lesnar? No. <laughs> They're kind of built alike, uh, yeah. him and Kevin. Brock Lubin, I think it was. Hmm, I don't know who that is. So. Weird. So, well, yeah, I guess that's as close as I've had to a doppelganger. There so. is. Wow. That and Heath. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> his brother. They, they look a lot alike. All right, so uh, that that's good. We've exhausted news. Yes, Did you say pretty safe to say. Yeah, all say. right. Now we're going to go on now to TV shows. Now, in we've talked before on here, like you know, we're too cool for school, and like you wouldn't catch us home watching TV uh, in the eighties. But now we're into eighty five, and you know, some of these shows, like I watched, mm-hmm. and remember them quite fondly. I think this. Uh, again, some of the, none of these shows here. The, the funny thing is, only one of these shows, two of these shows, were uh, on like Friday or Saturday, Sunday nights. So everything else that were big hits were like during the week because they wanted that younger crowd, I believe, and uh, so that's how they did it. So the number five TV show in 1985 was one of our all-time favorites. Love it. Cheers. Cheers. That was a that was a great show. Sam, Diane, Woody, Coach. Oh, it was before Woody got there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he came on after Coach died. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, that started Woody's Cliff career. And Norm. Yeah. It did. It did. And Woody Harrelson probably probably became the biggest star out of that show. Yeah. Ted Danson did a lot of TV stuff. And Ted's still doing stuff. He's still Mr. doing Mayor. stuff. Mr. Mayor. But yeah, Woody Harrelson would get like these A list roles. Mm-hmm. So that's good stuff. Were you a Diane or Christy? You gotta be Diane because it's the name. Well, <laughs> you, you have a type. You have a type. I, to me, I always thought Christy was Kirsty. Kirsty was the better looking yeah. one. Um, yeah. Diane was a little more uptight. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to choose now, <laughs> yeah, okay. But uh, yeah. why don't we? It, it depends on which version well, of her is out because sometimes she'll lose weight and look yeah. good again, and yeah. she'll gain it back. And there it is. Look, you know. Look. How about you? Uh, I, was, I, I like the. I like. The Kirstie. I mean, back then, I would say her, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're all unanimous on that one. Yeah. So I was in Boston, uh, I don't know, five, six years ago, and I said, I want to go see where the Cheers. Oh, cool. And so, so I went to it and got to see it from the outside, which, from the outside, that's, you know, they, that's where they film the outside. But then inside, it was completely different. But yeah, it's kind of neat to see Like, it. I wonder why it would be different. It seemed like they would try to duplicate It was the, super tiny. I mean, it, it, was, it was just like, just a, a bar, and then, you know, the other, you know, just an L-shaped bar and some stools, and that was pretty much it. It wasn't much to it. Whereas on the show, it's it's a very big. You know, they yeah. got a restaurant upstairs. Yeah. Um, was so. it Melville's? Oh, it might have been. Yeah, I think so. That's impressive. I would have never remembered that. Good job. That's impressive. Uh, that could be wrong. Still. <laughs> In my mind, it's like Melville's. When you said it with such conviction yeah. that we're, yeah, oh, that must be right. Melville's. Melville's. Yeah. Uh, what's what's the number four show? Number four. Uh, 60 Minutes. Who cares? As always. <laughs> that always gets a who cares here on Living in the 80s. Yeah, whatever. 60 Minutes. So, too bad that, that David Yuska's not here today, because his his uh, favorite TV show is number three. Mm. Murder, She Wrote? Yes. Murder, yeah, yeah, he seemed wrote. pretty excited about he that. Was, yeah. he, he was more excited about that than listening to Prince music, that's for sure. Wow. Yeah, Dave, not a Prince fan at not all. Not so much? No. And uh, he was saying, oh, he's getting ready to get in the car with Rob and... 
and art. He's like, oh, I'm gonna have to listen to some Prince music. <laughs> did, did you did you hear the the podcast yeah. with the three of us? Yeah. So did you hear it to the very end? I don't know if I heard to the very end. <laughs> what, little, what did he say? Little Dave clip. A little Dave clip. Okay, and then, I'll then, check that yeah. out. So we ended with the Rolling Stones. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see, number two. Matt? Uh, no, number two is Family Ties, which, huh? Yeah. Where's that at? Where's that filmed at, Kevin? Do you know? It's just, uh, is it Columbus. Cincinnati, Matt? Do you know? Do you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was filmed in Columbus. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Now, I remember watching an episode one time when he picks up the, the yellow pages or white, and I'm like, that's the one we have, you know, because I could see the back cover of it. I always thought that was kind of neat, so. Yeah. Um, Definitely man, not. he was on top of the world that year, wasn't he? Oh my goodness, yes. We'll talk about him later and, but, uh, and what he has accomplished. Yeah, that show started off as supposed to focus around the, the mom and dad. And, he uh, stole he stole, and he stole that for, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, he became a superstar on that. Well, kind of like The Simpsons started off about, you know, Bart and became about Homer. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, same thing. Or like uh, Family, is it Family Matters with Urkel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, same it was, thing. It wasn't, he was just a bit player on there who kind of stole the show. Mm-hmm. Which that show always kind of annoyed me. But uh, Yeah. It was, yeah. It was a 90s show. But, yeah. We won't talk about that. All right. And then what was the number one show in 1985? Eh, of course, the Cosby Show. Cosby, Cosby show. show. I love that show. There it it is. was so good. Um and we, we've talked about on here before about just Bill Cosby just kind of instinctively knew like how to do TV like what people like like the Fat Albert uh, show I, I show um, I show Grace and Fat Albert episodes did you like them she loved them yeah and and I and just watching them on YouTube that with her I was kind of like. Man, these are great. I mean, I, I love, I always love that. Always had Albert. a lesson to teach you. Always had a hey, lesson. Hey, Fat Albert, let's go get a milkshake. Hey, 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 get a milkshake today. I love it. Oh, man. Good stuff. Mushmelon. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame that Bill Cosby's legacy is so tainted now. Yeah. Because of, you know, what he gave us. Like in the 80s, when you think about the 80s, one of those things you think about it's like oh the Cosby show love it Swatch Watches yeah Um, you know Duran Duran like you think of things those are things that like come to Mm -hmm. you know come to mind All right, uh, we're gonna go now to uh, movies and we're gonna we're gonna go top ten movies because we're more into those so we'll start from the bottom and work our way up Uh, number ten Kevin Spies Like Us which is by the way Paul McCartney's best song ever. It is a great song. <laughs> um, you know, 80, the 80s, 85 had some great movies. They didn't yes. necessarily make it in this top 10, but some great movies. I'll tell 85. you what, as we go through this list here, I think people will agree. Because mm-hmm. number nine. Oh, I love this one. The Goonies, man. Yes. Love the this Goonies. I, I didn't watch this back then because I thought it was just like a kid's movie. It was probably a few years later when I first watched it. And I just I adore this movie. Oh, it man. is it is so well well done. I love the characters, and, and it's like you know it's like an eighties time capsule. We just watched the Goonies at the drive-in like this past year. Oh, nice. we were showing like retro movies and stuff. Yeah, good stuff. I saw Goonies in a theater, and I don't know if I've seen it since. Um, so that's probably one that Brooke needs to watch. Yeah, she oh, probably absolutely. does. If yeah. she's going, if she's going to graduate from eighties university, she's got to see that. She needs to see that. Yeah. Yes. Um, number eight is Witness. Did you guys ever see this one? 
Yeah, this is with uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Kelly McGillis. Mm-hmm. It's uh, about an Amish girl that uh, an he... Amish boy witnesses a murder. That's mm-hmm. it. That's, that's okay. it. And then Harrison Ford has got to protect him because you know he's the, the witness. Trial. He's the witness. Yeah. yeah. And I haven't seen it in several years, but I remember liking it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I think I have to put that on my to check out list. Would be um, would be um, witness. What's next? Uh, Jewel I, I, of the Nile. I love this one. I don't know if I've seen that. You this, know, this it, is, the, is this the adventure one kind of with yeah uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah, and Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. Kathleen, yeah, yeah. Love the very fun, exciting. I, I, it's kind of like an Indiana Jones with a with a, with a couple. Yeah. Instead of and I think dude. this is where Romancing the Stone. Yes. The Eddie Grant song was yeah. in the soundtrack. Great movie. Uh, this is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, next. Cocoon. Cocoon. I I think I saw this one time. I don't remember being extra impressed with it. Oh really? Yeah. Why well, no and say anything? John Cusack shows the old people. In the rest home, a the cocoon movie. It's about old people going to outer space. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it's. I mean, there was like I just remember like these pods, and like they were in the swimming pool. And uh, what was the who was the star in this thing? Uh, Wilfred Brimley was in it, I think. Wilfred yeah. Brimley, the diabetes. Uh, I think was in I think it. one of the old guys from uh, Trading Places was in it. Was it Don Amici? Yeah. Oh, I think you're right. Yeah, I I saw it again. I think I actually saw this in a theater because you know it's, it, I was in that point where I was working now, so I could afford to go to the movies because I sure. think movies cost two fifty back then. Um, Taking a date, it's like five well, bucks. Five, man. Yeah. You got really got to and you get plan. popcorn. Steve Gutenberg, that's who I was thinking. Steve oh, Gutenberg. yeah, okay. from yeah. Police Academy. There you go. Um, so I don't think I've seen it since then. Yeah. It was a good. Uh, it was a good I, movie. I thought it was. I recall it being a good movie. But it's, it's not one that I would like go back. It's considered like a and... fantasy sci-fi movie, you yeah. know. But uh, I well, if you guys watched the Goldbergs a few weeks ago, they did an episode, mm-hmm. and they like where Grandpa was, you know, just kind of feeling wore down and stuff. So so Adam takes him out on an adventure, trying to you know get him revived, and I think they went and saw Cocoon, and <laughs> and, 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 and and his teacher and his teacher oh, yeah. says that movie's crap. Yeah. So the teacher was actually Steve Gutenberg who started the movie. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's funny. awesome. That's so, funny. That is awesome. So, that's funny. Uh, next one is one I have never seen before. It's it's the only one on this list I think I have not seen. Oh, yeah. Out of Africa. Wish I could uh, fill in the gap there and say I saw it, but I don't yeah, think I did no. either. I remember being out. Was that Robert Redford in that? Or? I don't know. I have no idea. No, <laughs> no idea. idea. Wow. I feel like never saw it. So, do we know what it's about? Uh, I think he's in Africa and he wants to get out. I think you're right. Uh, I really... No, I have no idea. Um, so, um, according, according, according to the Google machine, uh, Robert Redford, Glenn Close, uh, let's see... Meryl Streep. American epic romantic drama directed and, and produced by Sidney Pollack and starring Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. Great cast. Yeah. And the plot is uh, Karen Blixen recalls her past life in Africa when she moved in 1913 to an unmarried, wealthy... <laughs> okay, yeah. That's why I haven't <laughs> There seen it. it is. Let's move All on. All right. Jeez Louise. Uh, number four. 
The Color Purple. I like this movie. Did you? Let's yeah. talk about that. Why do you like it? Well, I, I don't remember a lot about it. I remember o- Oprah Winfrey Oprah was Winfrey. in it, yeah. and Danny Glover was in it. Um, it had to do with slavery. Mm-hmm. It's a very... I think Oprah may have like won Best Supporting Act- Actress yeah. Oscar for this, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, I mean, it, when I saw it, I thought it was fine. Was it a Steven Spielberg movie? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. So. There you go. Not as good as the other one that came out that year. No. We'll talk about that in a minute. No, we'll talk. Mm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was number four. Number three. Rocky We know four. this one. Yes. Rocky four. Oh, baby. yeah. That's so, good America versus Russia. Yeah, Ivan Drago against Rocky Balboa. I must break you. It's our last our last appearance of Apollo Creed in a Rocky movie. Yep. Um, I... He it killed him. He died. I'll tell you what, man. So sad. I remember bringing my brother Mark to see this movie. Uh, it was in the winter. Because I remember, like, I'm going down the street in my Mustang. Mm-hmm. And I I get up to the, the stoplight, or the, the stop sign, and put on my brakes plenty ahead of time. But it was so icy, I slid right through it. And my bumper hit a fire hydrant. And... Didn't hurt the car at all. It didn't hit it that hard, but it's kind of scary. So I backed up and went the rest of the way. Didn't have any trouble. But um, I, I remember being in the theater and like goosebumps, man. Like Rocky and Drago and fighting, and mm. that was we hated Russia back then. Here we did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go back to that fire hydrant story yeah. you just shared. What was that about? <laughs> that, that, that was my that on your way, way to on your, the, the you remember your drive well, to you, yeah, when you, you hit, hit a fire hydrant you kind okay. of remember okay all right i thought you were going to say it right up I, I was waiting for you to dramatic. say that you hit it and then like your brother said i must break you or something you know i thought he was going to do a quote from the well, whole movie well i remember before we left uh my mom really didn't want us going out because of the weather i'm like we'll be fine and then i looked over at mark i'm like don't you don't you speak do. of this. No. <laughs> he, he just goes, deal. Mother, mother knows best, right? Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah, that was uh, great movie. Uh, Living in America was uh, soundtrack. James Brown. Brown. James Brown, yeah, singing that, and uh, yeah, it's kind of you know they build it all up, and he's singing that song, and then he comes out and gets killed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> can't believe he died. Yeah. Can't believe he died. Yeah, because oh, take... you're just kind of waiting for him to get up. That ticked Rocky off. Oh, it did. That ticked him off. That look in his eye when he looked up at Drago. Oh, man. You knew it was on. It was so so on. Oh, goodness. Number two. Number two. Rambo. First Blood Part Two. First Blood Part Two. This was a great movie. Um, I remember seeing First Blood after I saw First Blood Part Two. Because, like, when Rambo came out, everybody's making this huge deal about it. Like, oh, it's a great movie. You guys see this and whatever. I loved it. Spoiler alert, if you saw two, you're not missing nothing having not seen one. Right. Yeah, one was kind of on the slow side. He's, he's yeah. kind of a he's Vietnam a vet coming back that's, that's never really adjusted to society, and, and he kind of gets pushed a little bit too much by a police officer kind of snaps. But yeah. part two is much, much better. I'm, I would, yes, like you, I would suggest just skipping past the first one and watching Rambo. Yeah, you're not missing anything. Part two. And it's still good. Like it's no Rambo. I, I would recommend seeing it if you haven't seen it, but no, it's it's not as good as Rambo. Wasn't one of them? He was like a, they paid him to take a tour to 
lead people on a little expedition. Was yeah, that that's two? like Rambo Five or something. Twelve, Rambo yeah, Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's the most recent one, and, oh, it's, it's the, and it was by far the bloodiest one. Oh, too. I was that, gonna say because that was so gory. Right. I yeah, I saw that, that one. Oh man. Yeah, that one was pretty. I got to now. Wow. I love that stuff. Yeah, that was insane. So Kevin, bring us on home with number one. Uh, here we go. One of the best movies of the '80s ever. Back to the Future. Oh, ever I love man. that movie. Like we've ta- we we use the 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 term getting the DeLorean a lot on this podcast. Yes. This is an amazing. Yeah. Almost the perfect movie. Yeah, I would. If say, you're if looking you, at it, it, how to make a movie, this, this is this is how you do it. And if you like this page, if you like this topic of the '80s, then you should be very well versed with this movie. I mean, we could say all kinds of movies, and you could be kind of, oh, I kind of remember that. But if you if you're a true fan of the '80s, you you, you need to be well versed on Back to the Future. Yes, you do. I mean, it's it just a, it's elementary. It is required. Yes. And it would be on the Mount Rushmore of 80s movies. Yes, with a couple two others. others. Yeah, one or two others. We love these snowballs. Every week. Oh, geez. So um, that movie grossed $210 million. Yeah. And the number two movie, which is Rambo, is 150 Yeah. So, so it I destroyed it. Oh, yeah. Like every, and, and this is a movie that the kids could watch, mm-hmm. movie the teenagers could watch, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. We could all watch this movie. Oh yeah, and I, I literally there, there's watched not it a lot. There's not a lot of cringe scenes on there, so you could watch it with your kids. My mm-hmm. mom's seen it multiple times. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh, we, yeah. You know, Brooke watched it when she was little. So yeah, it's it's multi generational. It is. It's great. So yeah, Back to the Future. Now there's a list of other wor- very worthy movies here. Um, so we're gonna go down this list, do a little word association here or something. So. Uh, one of the other big movies that year, not as big as you know our top ten here, but very iconic, is Better Off Dead. Oh, great one! Yeah, it didn't do great at the box office, but uh-huh. oh my goodness, that movie is just amazing, right? I mean, there's so many lines to well, quote in there, and oh, uh, yeah. what Throwaway perfectly good? Is that the way? <laughs> no, I want oh, oh, my, my two dollars. Oh, my two dollars. I, I thought you. Were, I, I was. I was, I I've been fun. in this school for seven and a half years. Yeah. I'm no <laughs> dummy. <laughs> Charles DeMar. And when uh, he's getting the ski lesson, go that way really fast. If something gets in your way, turn. turn. <laughs> Great advice. <laughs> Ricky Smith sitting around snorting nasal spray all day. Uh, he had the, the two uh, Asian brothers that only learned how to speak English by watching Howard Cosell. Yep. Oh, so, uh, yes. So yes. the one that did the talking, do you know what other epic movie he no. was in? 16 Karate Kid oh, Part 2. No. The, yes, he was legend. The The guy that, that, <gasps> that, oh, that yeah. fought Daniel up, you know, when knocked the moat over and all oh, that. Oh, wow. That's him. That, who's also in... And this, Better Off Dead. No, and, but, I mean, is in... Oh, in Cobra, Cobra Kai. Yeah, well. yeah. Oh, my God. I did not so realize So ba- go back and watch that. You'll go, huh. That is wow. him. Is this the one that had the, like, the claymation of like Van Halen? Yes. Yeah. Everybody wants yeah. him. That's yes. good stuff. Oh, my. That, that is, a, I mean, there's so many, you would think it was a John Hughes movie, the way it was made. Right. They did such a good job at like dropping little tiny things in there. The mom that couldn't cook. Yes. And she was on a, a kick now since the French foreign exchange student was there. She made French bread. French fries, French <laughs> toast, 
with French dressing for the salad. Yeah. <laughs> she was uh, very excited about it. So, Better Off Dead. Another movie in the Mount Rushmore of 80s movies mm-hmm. came out in 1985. The, the Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Oh. oh, iconic. I'm surprised that's like going to be Sean Gill yeah. may not like it like we do. Oh, boy. But, you know, let's. If you say '80s movies, dude, that's yeah. you gotta say Breakfast. Club. And you could, you could see yourself sitting fitting in one of those categories. Yes, of the people oh, yeah. in that you know. Uh, yeah. it, it kind of except except we determined they just didn't have like the average dude in the hall. Mm-hmm. That's who I would have been. They had to have a, a band member probably a band mem- Well, I think I think Anthony Michael Hall filled that role. Yeah, yeah, he probably yeah. did. Yeah, he might not have actually been in the band, but I bet he had a lot of friends that were in the band. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that that was a fantastic movie. Yeah, so many quotes and one-liners in that movie. Uh, even today, like I have, and I promise you guys, I have watched it probably no less than thirty times in my life. Easy, yeah. probably maybe possibly more. Yeah, and I, I could quote the entire movie, and no matter what, every single time I see that movie, I look for something new I'd, I'd missed before and never fails. I always pick up either a line or a mannerism or something on the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know. It's good stuff. Amazing movie. Yeah. All right. Give, give us the next two or three there, Kevin. Uh, Commando was big. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, yeah. Runs around in his underwear all the time. That's great. Uh, I don't remember that part. But, <laughs> without uh, his underwear. Oh, without his underwear. Yeah. yeah. Just oh. pants. <laughs> no, I get it. Just <laughs> pants. Yeah. Like Rob is right Hold, now. Yeah. Point of the movie. As far as um, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was great plot. His daughter got kidnapped. He had to get her back. And that was pretty much was it? the plot of the movie for two hours. It just was something to, so he could just kill people. But uh, a good movie. Uh, Fletch came out. I mean, Fletch, oh my that's goodness, another great, Fletch. tons of great quotes in there. And I think Fletch was like the number eleven movie that year. What was it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, made fifty nine million, so it was just out of the top ten. So yeah. it, it did quite well in the box office. Now, a movie that didn't do quite as well in the box office, but I love, is Fright Night. Yes, oh, I just well, I'd seen it years ago, but I just watched it like a month ago. I think it when we we had our discussion about Halloween movies. Oh yeah, or not about scary movies in yeah, the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Oh, oh, here we go. Great movie. Uh, great. Wait, wait, wait. This movie was nineteen eighty five. Nineteen eighty five. Shut your filthy little mouth. Here it comes. One, two, three. Gymkata. Oh yeah, baby. Come Kevin, on. That's your first Gymkata. That was your first. Yeah, that's that's my first. I liked that. You like it? like it? Yeah. So I heard you guys talking about this. Several podcasts back, you guys mentioned Jim Cotta. I'd never heard of it. I think you were talking about the best sports movies, and yes, someone had yeah. put Jim Cotta out there. That would snowball, be snowball, snowball, never, snowball. Never heard of this movie, and you guys are talking about this pummel horse. You know, I, yes. about, I look it up, and I'm like, this is the worst. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, there's just he's like in a medieval village, right? and and and, and just in his little pummel horse in the middle of the town horse. square, and there's all these. Villagers around, like hundreds, and, and yes. with the pitchforks, and it would just one at a time step into him, and he would just while he's doing his routine oh. on the pummel and just kick him and knock it him. Is it was beautiful. It's, it's like the, okay, villager number seven, go. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it was. They never used their weapons towards him. They just would walk in with their faces exposed, and bam, he would just kick Dude, him right. It, in if you, again, if you hadn't seen that podcast, oh. listen to that podcast. We're saying it to you again. Go to YouTube, search Jimkata. <laughs> Pommel horse scene. I think if you just search Jim Cotter, that'll be the first thing that comes up. (laughs) You and you can thank us later because it is just 
great yeah. four or five minutes. I, it makes me want to go watch the rest of the movie. Oh, not really me, but <laughs> I it's, do. It's I, I want to watch that at some point. We need to have like a viewer Jim Cotta night, like yeah. a viewer Jim Cotta. It'll night be like a mystery science theater night where we're just making oh, fun yes. of this. Oh, the that, entire that's movie. a great idea. That would be a fitting one for that. <laughs> oh, too funny. Uh, we got Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome came out. Yeah, we don't need another hero. We don't need one. Good song. That's what Tina says. Uh, Jim Carrey's first major role, uh, Once Bitten. Never seen it. Me neither. Saw it once uh, on a, like... Is that like a vampire a, movie it, it, or something? Yeah, yeah. Is it, it, it yeah. just looks Lauren, bad. Lauren Hutton or something like that is... Yeah, and, and he's he's kind of this doofy guy. But you can he's just Jim see, Carrey. Yeah, he's, he's kind of acts like Jim Carrey yeah. in it. Uh, but yeah, it's his first role. Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure yeah. came out. That's huge, huge. Ginormous. That was... Uh, Heath must have seen that movie... 50 times when he was a kid. I mean, he would watch it two, three times a day. We saw it quite a bit. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Another me great me and Matt did a thing, a little skit in church. We did it a couple times. Mm-hmm. And he's, okay, so again, we talked about our youth pastor, Tim. He was always uh, kind of let us kind of do what we wanted as long as we kept it clean. And so, you know, when the, the, the youth group kids are there, you know, they, they're there because their parents make them and mm-hmm. they don't always want to be there, but we kind of, you create an environment on youth night to make them want to be there. So we'd make silly videos and things, but this live characters we had, I dressed up like Pee Wee Herman, <laughs> and Matt dressed up like Ed Grimley from SNL. Oh, oh, yes. And he, yeah. he had the he had the hair, he even had the unicorn yeah. hair. Oh, I don't stuff. know, how'd you do that? It was a gift. I mean, it's a curse. It's, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> like, like, how did you uh, make your hair do that? Dude, that was, we had Joe back then. Moose? Yeah. Moose, Moose. It was Moose. I believe it was Moose. That was Must use a lot of it. It was a lot, yeah. Wow. Was so stuff. yeah, but yeah, watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure so many times, mm-hmm. Large Marge, Francis, uh, Dottie, just the, the whole thing. Good stuff. The basement of the Alamo. Right. <laughs> yeah. Another movie with lots of quotes in it. So yes, yeah. great. Yeah, movie. that was a great, great, great movie. Uh, I mean, another classic movie came out in uh, June twenty. That's Saint Elmo's mm-hmm. Fire. I am not ashamed to tell you guys right now. I have seen this numerous times, and I love this movie. Yep. It is probably not a movie that people would associate with me. Mm-hmm. Just. You know, the plot, the thing, but man, I love this it's movie. It's a good movie, man. And the, the theme, both the John Parr, St. Almost Fire theme, and then the, the instrumental love theme by David Foster. Two great songs, two 80s songs that I just love. So, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Brat Pack, right? Brat I mean, pack. That's you got Rob Lowe, pack. Andrew McCarthy, Judd Nelson. How could you not like I mean, um, Ali yeah. Sheedy was in it, Demi Moore, um... What was the the blonde Mayor Winningham, and then Andy McDowell? Um, Andy McDowell. Did I mention Emilio Estevez? Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow, yeah. It's it's a, it's it's a very star studded the Brat Pack. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it Absolutely. was uh, they were everywhere in the eighties, and and they all came together for this one movie. And I don't know, say what you want, make fun of me, I don't even care. I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who saw the movie The Sure Thing? I did. Oh my goodness! Did you really? John, so, John Cusack, Cusack and Demi Moore. Oh my gosh! Uh, I don't. I can't was Demi Moore in that? Yeah, she was a love interest. I'll be darned. I, she was in one one hot crazy sure. summer or something like that. She was in this one too. Um, so this one, he's going across country to to 
hook up with this girl. That's the sure thing. And mm-hmm. and he's in a car with... I, Maybe it was Daphne Zuniga and not Demi Moore. Yeah, that's who it was. And so she's kind of a little bit on the stuck-up side. And so they're just not getting along at all together on a strip. And I can't remember, remember why they were together, but this is another one I need to see again. This was a really funny movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he starts to like her as he... You never do find out what the girl's name is. Hmm. She's just referred to as the sure thing in a movie, and, and then he sees her, but he, by that point, has fallen in love with Daphne Zuniga or whatever her name is. But, yeah, it's a good movie. And that was... Uh, John Cusack had two movies that year. Mm-hmm. He had... Better Off Better Dead, Dead and, and the he had sure this thing. one. And then... Uh, then uh, Michael J. Fox had two movies this year. Yes. He also had... The next one is Teen Wolf. Yeah. Yes. So, I... I wasn't real crazy about this one. Teen Wolf was not a great movie, and it would probably done horrible, except people went to see it because Michael J. Fox was in it. Right. So you, you kind of gave it a little bit of a pass because it, Michael J. Fox was in it. How much do you think it earned? Um, $40,000? $40,000. I mean, $40 Sorry, $40 million. Ten bucks. Well, see, and that's what I don't understand because it should have been on the the, the list because oh, it yeah. earned eighty million dollars. Yeah, it should have been actually number six. And yeah, interesting. I wonder why it wasn't in the somebody. It, it should have made a. It should have. Yeah, I know MTV did a Teen Wolf series. Yeah, like late years later, which had nothing to do with the thing. It very loosely based on it, but I never watched it. Yeah, I think I think that was one of those things where with Family Ties and and and. Uh, you know, Back to the Future. I think they were thinking anything he touches is going to be gold, and, and so they let's put this first suit on, and it just that was just not. It yeah. was now, not good. Teen Wolf Two. By that point, he was too big. It was Jason Bateman, and I yeah, think. so Jason yeah. Bateman did that. Yeah. So he kind of yeah. I like Jason picking up his scraps. Yeah. Uh, let's see, View to a Kill. Mm-hmm. James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Great song by yes. Duran Duran, which is the only. James Bond theme song that's what's number one. Yes. Oh, and, and they would always get big stars to do these themes. Sounds right, right. Lots um, of big names. Like Carly Simon, uh, Sheena Easton, Duran Duran, and Grace Jones did one. Um, there's a lot of stars that had done James Bond theme songs, but only one. Only or, one or number guys one. Who should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's right. We'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. And then the the next the last two here are both epic movies that Rob loves. Epic movies that Rob loves. This is like a new little title there. I like that. <laughs> Vision Quest. Ah, uh, you're a big Vision oh, Quest oh, fan. I, I just watched this two weeks ago. So you've talked about it so much on the podcast. I had never seen it, and so a few weeks ago, Friday night, I said, Diana. We're watching an 80s movie tonight. It's going to be Vision Quest. You put your foot down. I did. I said, if it's okay with you, let's watch (laughs) Vision Quest. And, uh, and yeah, she liked it a lot. It was a really good movie. Um, The plot was a little bit on the thin side. He wanted to to drop two weight classes so he could wrestle the toughest kid in the... Yeah, but... I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was it was yeah. a good movie. Great, great, great soundtrack. soundtrack. Oh yeah, the soundtrack is one of the best of the whole decade. So yeah, even uh, Madonna makes an appearance, and we were like, hmm, no, no, is is did this help Madonna or did this help Vision Quest? You know, who who, who gained the most out of this? I I, I believe I believe it probably helped Vision Quest more to have Madonna in it because you've got a sports movie that Madonna's in, so the chicks will go see it because you know they all try to dress like her and look like her. Yeah, and probably when they made this movie, like, you know, she was just taken off. Probably, oh, right? Yeah. So making this in '84 comes out in '85. Well, yeah, by that right. point, she's kind of starting to explode. So, well, I mean, it was released in February of '85. Oh, okay. So, so, I mean, Madonna had 
at that point just had a couple hits like uh, Holiday Borderline. Yeah. And so now, you know what? It may have may have helped her to be in the movie too, because I mean, as we know, it's like desperately seeking Susan and Dick Tracy in some of these movies. Like she was in after that, so it kind of helped her get into the movies a little bit. Even though she Very just possible. sung and performed, but it's uh yeah, but awesome movie. What's the other one? Weird Science. Oh yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> oh my goodness, that that's a great that movie. movie. Again, when you're talking about movies with a ton of one-liners, oh yeah, a lot of them we can't repeat. Right, right. But um, it was uh, Shit. just <laughs> yeah. So um. Yeah, that's a good one. So that that kind of wraps up our movies. We talked mm-hmm. a lot about movies, I feel. It was a good there, talk. There were some good was movies. it a good talk? I think it was a good talk. It was a great talk. Good talk. All right. So we're going to take a short break, a word from our sponsors, and we will be back talking about the music of the 80s. Hi, we're New Edition, and we're here to introduce the great new taste of Coca-Cola, the taste of today. Yeah, so is it? Come on, check it out now. So if you listen to the podcast at all, you know that our favorite thing to talk about around here is the music. Music. So we are going to go, before we talk about the top songs of 1985, we're going to go through, you know, the top albums, excuse me, of 1985. And we're just going to go one to five. And then after that, we're just going to go down the list here and out of the top 100 albums and see what sticks out and see if there's anything that... Any big memories we had from any of these. So, the number one album, 1985, was Born in the USA by one Bruce Springsteen. Can't beat it. Nope. Yep. Good one. That's one of the first cassettes I ever bought. Uh, I think it was either that one or Eliminator were the, one of the first two that I bought. So, and, and had tons of great songs. Oh, yeah. I, th- I believe there's like seven singles, hit singles on this album. And it was on the charts for... I think it was released in 84, towards the end of 84. And uh, in 85 and 86, they were still releasing singles and playing it all over the place. Uh, I remember the Dancing in the Dark <coughs> video with Courtney Cox. Yeah. was great. Uh, what's your favorite song on the album? Hmm. I mean, you got to love Born in the USA. I mean, it's probably yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, it's probably that one. M- mine is uh, I'm on Fire. Oh, it's just, yeah. It's a nice little moody song. The video's really cool. Uh, you know, that's that's maybe my favorite Springsteen song. I think the say what you want about his politics and his drunk driving and all that other stuff he does. The dude is an awesome musician. And Now, I will say this. A song that we could probably relate to more now than we could back then is Glory Days. He's yes. kind of oh, reminiscing absolutely. about his... And we're, and we're in high school. We're just getting out of it. So right. it didn't really apply to us. Like, yeah, Glory... That's... You know, now we're looking back. Again. We're never going to be, where he's, be that guy. Now, where he's coming from. Now know? we're doing a whole podcast about right. the glory. Yeah. <laughs> the glory. <laughs> I did a uh, for my class's thirtieth reunion, maybe thirty. Yeah, the thirtieth reunion. I did a a video, a slideshow video, and I set it to some, some music. And Glory Days is one of the ones that I put on there. And I've, one of the parts on there was a. Uh, 
was like these sports pictures. You know, it's like, man, if it doesn't, if that doesn't capture, you know, eighties <laughs> nothing does. But right. yeah, Born in the USA, great album. That was number one. Uh, what was number two, Kevin? Uh, the Reckless by Brian Adams. Yes. Which uh, also I had that one, and of course that had the song Heaven on it, which I loved. So, mm-hmm. but an, like another one that has a bunch of really good, uh, really good songs on it. So, do you know who the engineer was on that album? Bob Clear Mountain. Yes, it was. <laughs> good job, Kevin. What? <laughs> there, there may or may not be a a, a Grace Memorial <laughs> Youth video with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Bob Clearmouth. <laughs> this this thing's that only me and him would know. Oh. Yeah. And anybody who's hearing the name Bob Clearmouth just go right by him. But anyway. Absolutely. But so that this song this album had like uh Summer of Sixty Nine, uh Run to You was a big hit on here. One Night um, Love Affair. Yeah. Uh, it's only Love, the one he did with Tina Turner. Oh, that song's awesome. Heaven was on here. So this album was legit. I mean Absolutely. It's. Yeah. I. I think it may surprise me just a little bit that this was the number two album of the that year, but I guess when you look back at all the hit singles and stuff on it, it Can't shouldn't be too it. much of a surprise. Right. But he's he's definitely our favorite Canadian singer. Um. What was number three, Matt? Well, look at a little Madonna, like a virgin. Like a virgin. So Madonna was everywhere. So we talked earlier about. Her being in Vision Quest, like very top of her career, you know, she's very early on, and um, like a year later in the year, Like a Virgin comes out, and this kind of ah. this is the album that kind of shot her into the stratosphere. Oh yeah, like this, and then she posed for Playboy, like some older pictures that that kind of surfaced that summer, and uh, but you know, no one, no one. Judge Madonna for that. Everyone just wanted to buy the magazine. Right. So that is the rare talent where you're part of a scandal and it helps your career. Madonna did it. So uh, Girls Everywhere were um, just uh, enamored with Madonna, tried to capture her look. Uh, most of these albums sold here, I'm sure, were um, from Girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and David Yuska's a big fan, as we found out. <laughs> um, so... That's a good one. Uh, number four, "Make It Big" by Wham. Yeah, yeah, yeah not a fan. <laughs> Again, girls bought albums too. Uh, let's see. Number five was "Private Dancer" by Tina Turner. So, uh, I'm not really a fan of that particular song, but I think some of the other songs on the album were, were good. Yeah. Um, uh, would that have been? Is that when she made her comeback? This is this is the comeback. So album. what's love got to get do, to with, do it? with it? Yeah. Yeah, she came on the scene, and I thought, oh, just there's this new artist, but she just getting started kind of late in life. Mm-hmm. Had no idea she had this whole career in the '70s with her now ex-husband, and she's kind of like pulled herself out of the ashes from all the stuff that she went through, and kind of. Redefined herself, which I thought was yeah. pretty cool. She pretty may cool she may be the comeback story of of all time. Yeah, musically, um, like I had heard of Tina Turner and like Ike and Tina Turner. I couldn't have told you a song they sang. Like years later, I could I could see you know, like I could look back and go, oh, that big wheel, that's you know, that's yeah, them. That's you know, the some of these songs. Um, 
but uh, seeing her come back uh, like that, it's like, oh, here's somebody that the world forgot about. But she definitely made her mark, and she had several albums after that that were, were pretty big. So, uh, Number six, um, as we go down the list here, this one just kind of sticks out real easily, is No Jacket Required by Phil Collins. I played this album a lot in the summer of 85. Um, any thoughts on this one, boys? Um, we well, yeah, had a few good ones on that album. Uh, I don't agree with him. I think a jacket is required. It should be a members-only jacket. <laughs> it, yes, it is. Members-only, maybe. Or Tommy Hilfiger. Um, yeah. I was never a big fan of Susudio. Mm-hmm. I, me neither. Um, he is okay. But Don't Lose My Number it yeah. was, was a good one, and I liked that video a lot, too. That was that was pretty cool. Um, I liked the song he did with Sting. It was called Long, Long Way to Go, and uh, kind of sounded like a police song. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got a little bit of that police sound yeah. to it. Yeah, little guitars and things like that. So Especially the part where Sting is singing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you may be on to something there. There it is. All right, what other what, what albums do you see going down the list here? Uh, the next one is uh, the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. So it uh, had The Heat Is On and... Of course, it had a theme song, XOF. And I think it had, uh, I'm so excited, wasn't it, by Pointer Sisters? Uh, Neutron Dance. Okay, maybe it was one of their songs. That's where he's, I think, hanging out the back of the truck while they're playing that. Uh, Purple Rain was number nine. Uh, Again, released in the summer of 84. Well into 85, it's still a top ten album. So Prince did not lose any momentum. Going into 85 like that. And then one of my very favorite albums of that year is Songs from the Big Mm. Chair. Uh, In fact, on the song of the day, maybe it's Hidden Gem of the Day, yesterday or the day before, uh, I had Mother's Talk, which is just, that whole album, beginning to end, is one of my favorites to listen to. Yeah, I bought that one. I actually bought an album of that, because that's when I had a record player, and bought that album and played it all the time. There are so many good songs on that album. Wonderful. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what else you guys see there? Number fourteen. Yeah. Sports. Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis yeah. in the news. I love Huey Lewis. How and, can you not? And over time, I've loved him more and more. Just back then, it's like, oh, these are nice little toe tapping songs. But probably when he came out um, in in I think it was eighty six. I think it was four was the name of the album. When he came out with that, that's when I really started liking him a lot and then started listening to his older stuff too. But yeah, it was very good. I know you guys are both real big on number 23. <laughs> new you edition. You know what? <laughs> I, I love me some new edition. New, there it is. Oh, I, I like those guys. 23 album. Ain't nothing wrong with them. The year. Uh, Unforgettable Fire by U2 is number 19. Yeah. That's like a great that. album that year. And the number 27 album, which kind of. I would think this would have been higher. Uh, Brothers in Arms. Yeah, I'm surprised it's that far down. That's uh, uh, Walk of Life and... Money for Nothing. Money for Nothing. Yeah. Hmm. Power Station, number 31. That's another good album. In fact, when I got... I got me a, a pair of these nice Beats headphones. And I usually don't splurge too much for that kind of stuff these days but I you know I spent some money on these things and I turned on um, get it on bang and gong 
and I put these headphones on. I was, I, I was sitting, I was standing right here, and I pushed play on the uh, on my computer here, which was synced to the headphones. And oh my goodness, <laughs> so many things were happening in my brain when that song was on. That that was just an incredible um, mix there. Good stuff. Good stuff. What else you guys got? There? Uh, Run DMC had King of Rock, which uh, I had started working nationwide, so I kind of got, um, I, I grew up in the country, right? So I started meeting some people that had some different backgrounds for me eth- ethnically, and uh, kind of got introduced to some different music, and Run DMC was one of them I, I liked. Uh, was that the one with Walk This Way on it? Uh, no, that didn't come out no, that, until, that was Raising Hell. That was a year later. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was a couple years later. Um I can't even remember. Uh, well, the song King of Rock, I know that, that one. That was one of them, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and is that when my Adidas... No, was that, that was... Or that was the other like, one, too? I think that might have been 86. So yeah. it, it was... If it wasn't 85, it was 86. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, some of those... Some of that brings back some, some good memories. Um, Stop Making Sense. Oh, uh, yeah. Talking Heads was number 36. I was kind of into them at that point. Well, actually, from the beginning of MTV when I first saw Once in a Lifetime kind of got me sort of liking the Talking Heads and this is the first big album they had in the MTV era now is this the one with Burning Down the House or yes what? okay yeah okay. which I love that um, the Big Chill soundtrack number 37 now this is all you know 60s Motown songs kind of thing but you know there's still good that's, yeah. that's some good music on there <laughs> I love that stuff so um, I've got one for you. I know that yes. you love, which is Heartbeat City. Oh, love it! So that came out in 1984, and by 1985, still selling very well. The Cars, so one of my Heartbeat favorites. City's the one that had uh, "Hello Again," right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I remember a mixtape that Rob put together one time. The first song <laughs> on the tape is "Hello Again," and the very last song was "Goodbye" by, by Night, Night Ranger. Ranger. Nice <laughs> he kind of bookended it nicely. Nice yeah, so. Another thing that I do when I'm yeah. making Good. making albums, like I, I try to make them as obvious like that. But if there's like a number song, um, I will um, I will put that as that number track mm. on there. Nice. Like like if there were like if I'm doing a playlist and it's 50 ways to leave your lover, that's going to be song number 50 or 19 or 19 by Paul oh. Hardcastle there you would be uh, song 19. So. Sexy and seventeen straight Boom. cats. What 17. number is that going to be? Seventeen. You folks. got it. So yeah, that's, I, that's what I do. I, I love me a little smooth, little little night shift by the Commodores. Oh, oh that song is good. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, I love that song. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I wouldn't see you as a liar, Matt. I'm telling you that song right there. So here's one we were talking about earlier, uh, off air. Dream of the Blue Turtles by mm. Sting, number fifty. Great album. I remember when this thing came out, I was looking so forward, because I'm a big Police fan, to hearing Sting solo stuff. I was not disappointed. Now, that's the one that has the song Russians, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. We were just talking about Rocky IV Rock, came yeah. out, and, and that was like a really big theme at that oh, point. Oh, for sure. You know, it was kind the of the Cold War. High and... Cold War. We, yeah. We, we were uh, all kind of wondering who's going to drop the bomb first. Thankfully, it never happened. Yeah. Thankfully. But yeah, it was scary something we were concerned about. I think the media probably did it to us. It probably wasn't as big a deal as we thought it was. There it is. Then again, it could have, been, maybe could have been a whole lot worse and a lot closer. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, 
So here's here's kind of an undersung. It, it's more the song that I know, but the number fifty-two album was "Meeting in the Ladies' Room" by Climax. So there were a lot of these soul groups from that era that didn't quite get as much radio play, like top forty radio. But if you would like to, to the dance clubs and places like that, like "Meeting in the Ladies' Room," that would come on. So my friend Stacy, this is her favorite song. Yeah, I remember. We, I DJ'd our class reunion, and she said, uh, "You have to play the song." And now, so I did. Were they discovered by Rick James or Prince? Rick James. Rick James. Okay. Yeah. Same. Seems like one of those two discovered everybody in the eighties, right? So they got we, a big uh, family tree there. Well, yeah. you couldn't go to an eighties gathering without a playlist, probably with the little Shaka Khan. That's I true. I feel for you. I mean, it's just it's synonymous. For, for that, that time. Yep. And you like, you who like wrote that life? song? Prince. <laughs> there it is. It's a Prince song, yes. Uh, Honey Drippers, Volume 1, oh, yeah. is a great one. We talked about this last week because, and I don't know if I stated this last week or not, but uh, the Billboard album charts, um, I, you, can, you can find them online, see the top you know 200 albums of whatever year you want. And 1984 and 1985 are exactly the same. So as I'm going down the list of albums here, I'm, I'm picking up on, wait a minute, this was not a 1985 or 84 album, and this is one of the ones that was on there. I mean, mm. it came out in the fall of 84, but not enough to you know, really make the list. And um, one that, that I didn't mention last week because it wasn't on the list, it completely escaped my mind, there's actually two of them. Uh, one is The Swing by NXS, one of my favorite albums of all time, and um, In Heat by The Romantics. Hmm. Those are two huge albums in my life that that uh, I didn't get to mention last week. So a week later, when we're talking about 1985, I'll bring up a 1984 yeah. album. Your podcast, you do whatever yeah. you want. That's, That's right. right baby. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Arena by Duran Duran. Uh, it's a quote-unquote live album. Uh, it, it was, it's so studio produced. It it, just, it didn't, didn't feel like a. It did not feel like a live album. But the big hit off of here was Wild Boys, mm. and uh, so, which we're gonna back up here just a little bit. So Shaka Khan is actually nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. So if you go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's website and vote, you can. But two bands that I think are long overdue to be there, but they're not even nominated this year. Uh, I mentioned NXS earlier, and the other one is Duran Duran. Yeah. Um, I was a huge Duran Duran fan, 84, 85-ish. And, I mean, I still like them. But you like NXS? I, yeah. Yeah. NXS is just great. Yeah. Uh, and neither one of those two are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is an absolute travesty. You've got Neil Diamond and ABBA. In there, you've got <laughs> Janet Jackson in there. In excess is not right. Um, David uh, had mentioned, um, I think it was uh, the Guess Who. It's another, you know, a classic rock band. You kind of expect these bands to be there, but they're not. But Neil Diamond is, and Tina Turner's up for it this year as well. Yeah. So uh, is she? I thought she's already in. She's in with Ike. I think now oh, she's okay. got a chance to go in as a solo. So. Okay. Well, good for her. Yeah. Good for her. So, uh, Devo is also up. Get in there and vote for oh, Devo, you nice. guys. Vote for Devo. 
Uh, Eliminator is on here. Um, now, I just saw a documentary, uh, I think last week. Yeah, on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, I, I watched that. It. Yeah, I liked it a lot. And, uh, Very interesting. No, they look really good, too. Really? No. <laughs> really good for a 100-year-old guy. Oh, they're not oh, boy, oh, boy. But uh, it was interesting. I mean, it, they started way back, and and it was their interpretation of what the blues should be. You know, they, they, they said, we're not a blues band. It was their interpretation of it. But it was so interesting when, when they were talking about he said, I was way down the list of cable channels one time. I turned this TV on. They're showing, um, they're showing these uh, songs and there's these videos. And, and I'm watching it for a little bit. And he called up one of the other guys and said, you got to watch this. And they start watching. He's like, when's this going to end? He said, I said, it was MTV. <laughs> they, they couldn't really understand. <laughs> 24 hours a day in stereo. They, they thought, he says, he says like, that's exactly what he said. He said, it was like 3 or 4 in the morning. I'm like, when is this show going to go off? <laughs> and then they said, they, they went to a, a producer and said, we want to get in on this, and then boom, they come out with "Give Me All Your Loving," "Sharp Dressed Man," "Legs," That's all it. these amazing videos. It's just, over and done. And and the guy that produced all those videos, uh, his his he was like Randy, um, Randy Newman's cousin, who had done Randy Newman's "I Love L.A." video. That was his first one, and so they ended up recruiting him to do all of this stuff for him and. You know, if you're an 80s kid at all, you know the videos, you know the car, you know the yeah. fuzzy guitars. You know the women. Then the women. Spinning and it's always, of course, uh, the women. It's always a guy or a girl in distress, and they kind of come along and save the day. So. Yes, and make them a lot cooler in the process. Yeah. So, uh, Seven Wishes by Night Ranger, number 64, another album I like a lot. Um... Let's see here. Number 73 album. One of the best albums yeah. of all time. Ever. Yeah. Ever. 1984, Van Halen. You got it. Uh, again, we're in 85. The thing's still selling. S- making money. Still mm. making money. And this was this was uh, the year before, in 1986, is when uh, Sammy took over. We got 5150, which is another great album. But 1984 was it's my favorite Van Halen album, for sure. So, uh, let's see. Uh, going down the list here. That's about all. 1999 by Prince, number 95. Made in 1983, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of still hung in there. And the number 99 album. Well, that's Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. This thing came out in the 70s. Wow. And in 1985 yeah. is the number 99 songs. album. I think so, it's one of my favorite songs. Born to Run? Yeah. Oh, I saw, I heard a, a podcast or something, they were talking about that that song. Like the album itself, like Bruce, right. Bruce is a perfectionist in the studio. And this album, he wanted a certain sound, but this song in particular apparently took months and months and months and months to get this one song right. Wow. And it is a great, great rock song. Oh, I love it. And then number 100 is the Breakfast Club soundtrack. There it is. So... Double dipping our double All right. dipping our list. That's right. So now we're gonna go on to the top songs of nineteen eighty five and we are going to start off with the number five song. Number five. The number five song 
I feel for you by who? Shaka 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 Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan. So we mentioned before this is a Prince song. Uh, actually, I usually don't like cover versions better than the originals, but this I do. I think Shaka Khan actually did a better version of this than Prince did. And uh, again, it's one of those iconic 80s songs that you hear from the very beginning and you know it's an 80s song. So, Absolutely. what are your thoughts on this one, boys? I liked it. I, I kind of like that hook at the beginning, mm-hmm. but when Shaka Khan heard it, she did not like that. She didn't like she it. She didn't like that they had added that intro to the beginning, but I kind of think that's what kind of makes it. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, if I turn on the song and that part's already played, I'm like, yeah, I'll catch it next time. <laughs> and, and that, plus the radio DJs couldn't talk all over that. Right. right. The song's opening with Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. Yeah. That's one of the benefits of it, yeah. starting right off with words. Yeah, you're right. The DJ can't talk up right up until That's the time right. you start You're singing. just going right into it. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I like the harmonica in this song. That was Stevie Wonder, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. Oh, yes. wow. So this song came out, I first heard it in the fall of 1984. And, of course, into 85, it's still a big hit. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I like this song. This is uh, sometimes, like, I'll hear a song and... I don't, um, uh, I'm up and down sometimes, like sometimes in the mood for something and other times I'm not. Uh, right now, I like this song. And um, so th- that's number five. Number four. The number four song is the song that Matt would put on mixtapes for his ladies. Ouch. That kind of... Is that what we're going to... Oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I Want to Know What Love Is by Foreigner. Foreigner. Yes, the same band that brought us Dirty White Boy, um, Hot Blooded, Urgent, Head Games. Head Games, brings us I Want to Know What Love I Is. I Want to Know What Love Is. One, which is... Far and away, their their largest hit, their biggest hit. Right. Isn't that and, crazy? And I can't even listen to that song these days. It's just they have they were such a rocking band, and then they just kind of wimped out towards the end. And this is why uh, why the lead singer uh, Lou Graham Lou Graham left. He yeah. he didn't want to just start doing the ballads. Yeah. Ballads. Yeah. And so he went off and did Midnight Blue, and uh, I I think he ended up coming back. He may have but, briefly, but then left again. But I think he wanted to do some some solo. Yeah, he. But don't we all want to know what love is? <laughs> Did yeah, they ask but a I bad don't want question? Lou Graham to show me. I'm <laughs> just asking. Just, and Lou Graham didn't want to show me what love. Okay, is. so all he right. left and made Midnight Blue. So uh, yeah, former hard rock band. Uh, I I noticed on the chart earlier, Ario Speedwagon, uh, the Wheels Are Turning album. Which makes me mad because, like, they're another band that was once a hard rocking band that just became girls. The ballad band. <laughs> so, there you go. But yeah, our number four song, Matt's song, To All the Ladies. Ouch. Number three. Wake me up before you go, go. Don't leave me hanging on the line. Yo, yo, wake me up. 
Number three is Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Before You Go Go. By Wham. Come Which on. is Kevin's theme to the list. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Choose, choose life. It yeah, choose four life. sizes too big. Yeah, uh, but, you, but you tighten the knot on the side. <laughs> yeah, that made it acceptable. With your bleached yeah. blonde hair and, <laughs> yeah. and your neon gloves. Oh, oh my goodness! I yeah, this I remember when this song came out and I didn't like it. I hated this song. Nothing's from day changed. One. Nothing's but changed. this uh, this band like. Like, they had been around a year or two, kind of big in England, nothing really here. When this song hit, like, this became huge. Like well, you, it was. You could not turn on the radio or MTV without this song playing. It, as much as I hate it, it you've got to give props that this was a very, very overplayed, it, 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 annoying, it struck a chord with girls, hit. for sure. It was on the jukeboxes at every pizza place we hung out at. It was Eric Cardo's. It was a Cardo's. Daggone it. So. Daggone it. Yeah, you couldn't escape it if you wanted to. No. Unfortunately, it was, Try as you yeah. might, you were trapped by George Michael and his pearly white teeth. Wham it. So, yeah. <laughs> we ain't going to talk a lot about that song, but it was a huge hit. Big for them. And we're on to the number two song. Number two. And number two was Madonna's song, Like a Virgin. We talked about the album. Yes. Talked about Madonna's legacy and so forth. She was really hot in this video. Yes, she was. I can really say that assuredly. She looked very, very nice. I think every every girl wanted to be her, but every guy wanted to be with her. There it is. So There it is. <laughs> I remember when this song came out, I thought... Can they say that on the radio? Can they say virgin? You know, uh, I'm telling you, <laughs> I, as a church kid, she scared me. I mean, because I, I mean, she's what you were supposed—the kind of girl you're supposed to stay away yeah, from. Yeah, right? I mean, like, uh, no, no jokes. I mean, I, I, it's I, where you she, learned the word dominatrix and wanted, did not want any part of that. She made me. I mean, because I, I there was, you know, that was the age in my life when I was really trying to, to to be the, the to be good to be the good kid the church and I was trying to listen to uh, you know uh, Christian music not so much Amy Grant but yeah <laughs> but Christian music and all this kind of stuff and and man she was everywhere and like she just she intimidated me scared me a little bit come on you know just you know she it's, was it's that it's that sexuality about right. her it's like when she sang and so forth, you're just like, holy crap! Like I would have been scared of her. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you know, we're, we're you know, if you're if you're trying to be this good guy and this clean moral, you're trying those things. Going, she represents everything that I'm. You know, I'm supposed that to, I'm afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in hindsight, yeah. I wish I'd been all over. But yeah. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, she was very confident. Wasn't yeah, she, she yeah. was very. Yeah. yeah, not yeah. shy at all. So. Nope. So that yeah, was the, the number number two song for 1985. Number one. 
And the number one song for 1985, Careless Whisper by Wham. It's technically a George Michael song. Wham gets credited for it, but uh, George wrote it, produced it, and I believe he played some of the instruments on it. Uh, he gets really... I mean, that whole teeny bopper, you know, the girls loved him kind of a thing. He gets that whole rep, but uh, musically, you know, he was, there's a lot more to him than just wake me up before you go-go or whatever. So way back in almost a year ago, very early on in, in this podcast's life, Kevin and I did a podcast on love songs of the 80s. Mm. And this was, I don't know if it was ranked pretty high, I can't remember what it was right now, but it was on there. And, and it's not a love song at all. No. No. And I think we started talking about that and going, you know, he, he wrote it about a girl that, that uh, you know, he cheated on. <laughs> so, hey, you, you want that at your wedding? Right. <laughs> now for the first dance. <laughs> right, after, right after Keep on Loving You by Oreo <laughs> Speedwagon. Where he calls her a snake in the grass. Right. So <laughs> it's just misunderstood stuff. But, you know, I actually like this song. Um, it's really good. The saxophone in it. I think we talked about back then how they auditioned like a hundred different saxophone players because George Michael wanted this, this, this sound uh, that he knew a saxophone could make but couldn't find the right guy, the right saxophone. But they finally did. And I believe that little part was, was uh, recorded in in England when the rest of the song was recorded in Muscle Shoals Studio in Alabama. Interesting. Same place Leonard Skinner uh, did their thing. Uh, Third Day, one of my favorite Christian mm -hmm. bands, did their last album there. Mm -hmm. and it's got a nice little classic rock vibe there. But So we're going to close out the podcast here with going down through the top 100, very similar to what we did uh, on the albums. And we're going to talk about some of these songs from 1985 mm -hmm that kind of have resonated with us over the years and maybe some you guys will hear and maybe have forgotten about Matt puts his glasses back on can't see uh, Out of Touch number six song uh, Hollow Notes I'm a huge Hollow Notes fan I love their love them yeah. one of my favorite albums is they uh, during a tour they had probably ten years ago in each city they recorded live the, the concerts and I've got a concert they did in Philadelphia and they did a great version of me and Mrs. Jones and oh, wow. that is amazing I'll play it for you guys later but um, hollow notes are just great out of touch was a great song um, you know can't say enough good things about them uh, crazy for you is on there by Madonna that's from vision quest, vision quest. Yeah. yes oh, uh, that's yeah. number nine yeah. um, everybody wants to rule the world that was a big song uh, it's seven. Number eight was Money for Nothing, Dire Straits, with Sting. There yeah. you go. Huge songs. Did you circle these? The Power yeah, of Love? Yeah, that's one that kind of stands out to me. The Power of Love, that was like uh, in, really? in Back to the Future. So Yes. Um, those two just kind of went hand in hand. I mean, Huey Lewis is even in the movie. Yeah. Brief cameo. You're just too dang loud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, every Time You Go Away. By Paul Young, I still love this song. This comes on. This is a cover of the Hall and Oates tune, which they did not do it as good as Paul Young. I don't think it's another case where the, the cover, cover is, better. is better than the original. Mm. Yeah, but, he, he yeah, sounds great in that song. He does, and I like Paul Young. He's got a lot of other good songs. He 
he's just really known for a couple songs here, but he's, he, you know, good soulful voice. So check out some, some Paul Young. Um, the One of the worst songs of the 80s is Can't Fight This Feeling by REO Speedwagon. <laughs> Not a fan of that song? I continue to hammer that song. That song just drives me bananas. Just never have liked it. And then what we were talking about, number 14, Matt? What's that? Oh, we built this. Oh, yeah, we built this city. Uh, came out in '85, and it was voted with the worst song ever made. <laughs> yeah, created. Yeah, I worst like song it. of the '80s. I like it too. I don't um, know what the problem is yeah. with these people. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't saying it's the worst song I, ever. I think but. it was the point was people said that they it's a song about selling out while they're selling out. To, or, you know, that's yeah. the irony of. I don't I don't see it though. But I'm not a rock critic, so. Yeah. No, but we're rock fans, and that song went to number one, critics, so yeah. you can suck it. <laughs> right. uh, don't You Forget About Me, which... Oh, that's course, a classic 80s that song. Is, that's Breakfast another Club, one of those. So. Yes. Um, that's, an, that's an iconic song, I think. Sure is. We Are the World was the number 20 song, which we, you know, we're in the music part now, so we'll, we'll talk about Live Aid. Um, we did a whole podcast on it, so we don't want to... Kind of beat that down too much, but Matt brought us a fun fact about Live Aid. Oh tonight. yeah, Re- read that. Uh, Phil Collins is the only artist to uh, sing at both concerts that same day, and apparently he was flying uh, the the jet from one one city from to London from, to Philadelphia. Yeah, on his way there, and uh, Cher was on that plane ride, and so and Cher apparently had no idea about the concerts. Did it's not sure stupid. She did not get the invite. And so I, I think it, but if you'll notice in a second concert, you'll see Cher in the finale uh, when he did Little We of the World there. And so so she was in the concert, but she didn't know about the concert. So, you know, it was an awkward moment on the plane ride when Phil's like, yeah, I'm heading over to the Levy concert. <laughs> and she's like, what concert? And he was like, oh, crap, I said too much. And then, then he looks over and says, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're so, who? I don't care who you are. So Cher... Rob Fott doesn't like you, Cher. Cher weaseled, I think, her way onto that. Yeah. That's, um, that's crazy. Crazy stuff. Good stuff. Um, St. Elmo's Fire, Man in Motion, number 18. We talked about that one earlier. Love it. Mm-hmm. What do you got there, Kevin? Uh, well, Shout by... I'd say they came on the scene, and there's, there's four or five really good songs on there that, mm. that were... Big hits, and I heard some critic talking about them recently. He said, the, the, "If you look at that album cover, they both have kind of like the sneer on their face. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to be pretty confident in yourself to have that kind of sneer on your very first album." He said, "But they backed it up. You know, it was it's their like, second album. Was it? Mm-hmm. The hurting was the first one. Okay, it's a couple of years before. Take your word for it. This okay. is the first time they had any hits. Well, you ever heard Mad World? No. Okay, no. That, that was the the hit on there. It wasn't too big here. Okay." Uh, let's see here. Part-time lover, Stevie Wonder. That is a... That's a good song. That is a great song. There's a lot of cheating songs in the 80s. They've, when I've listened <laughs> to Sirius XM before, they've talked about that. Lots of cheating songs in the 80s. And if you look down through this list, you'll see a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, that's another one of them right there. Well, I know, I know Rob loves uh, Cool It Now. If I of knew course it. I do. I, I did like this song. I ain't gonna lie. How, how in, can you not like these, in these adorable kids, man? I was, you know... Rob, Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, Ricky right? Yeah, I, I love that. Who cares? Like? Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, yeah, I, I I remember that song pretty well. Now, at the time, I don't think I really cared for it, mm-hmm. but like years later, I'm like, okay, 
I saw a um, like a they did a like a made for TV type movie on New Edition. It was on BET a few years ago. I think you'd maybe find it on Hulu or someplace now, but uh, it's pretty good. They did a good job of uh, like showing their rise on the way up, and the actors that portrayed those guys did really good. And uh, the the new edition guys even were part of making the movie, so you know, they had to sign off on everything. And some of it was a little rough, you know, the way they portrayed them. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, the the guys showed the, the the younger versions of themselves, how their mannerisms should be, and and this Pretty cool. I, and you know, coached them through the dance moves and and on this song here you emphasize and put your ear up this way and just things like that. So it was very well done. So if you get a chance, I don't remember the name of it, maybe the new edition story. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, check that one out. It's really good. Uh, I saw Heaven on there at number twenty four by Brian Adams. That was kinda like my, my song with my girlfriend that year. At here the time. we go. Um, but that was just kind of yeah, like this, that was, that that was, was a song with my girlfriend back then. Yeah, too. that was. I think it was a song with everybody's girlfriend. Probably. Back then. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, we talked a couple weeks ago. Um, it actually came out. It was recorded in the end of 1983. It was on the Streets of Fire soundtrack, and um, was not released as a single. But they were starting to play it on the radio and A and M Records. Like, stop it. So it was out long enough for me to hear it. And my girlfriend at the time. That, that was our song for you know while we dated. Yeah. So. Uh, well, what we considered one of the top one-hit wonders of the '80s uh, came out this year. Voices Carry. Oh like, yeah. Till Tuesday. Till Tuesday. <clears throat> yes, that's that's uh, that's that's still a very good song. If you listen to it. Oh Sheila by Ready for the World. Oh yeah. Who everybody when they first played that thought it was Prince. Prince. Yeah. In fact, when Sheila E heard it on the radio. She thought it was Prince, and he, she thought he'd wrote it about her. Oh. Now the the guys are from Minneapolis, and they were you know trying to sound like Prince, obviously, even down to those electric drums they used. But no, that's ready for the world. They had a couple hits, but none bigger than that one. Uh, let's see, thirty five and thirty six are both Duran Duran, View to a Kill, and Wild Boys. So both big big hits. What else you got there? Oh, number 42. Another one on all of Matt's mixtapes. All I need, Jack Wagner. Come on, baby. That's <laughs> Jack Wagner stuff. of uh, General Hospital General fame. Hospital. He's a doctor. Yeah, yes. I remember that. Yeah, he had a big hit with that one. <laughs> uh, let's Ouch. see. Um, what else we got? If you love somebody, set them free. Number 55 by Sting. Not the wrestler, but the singer. Uh, obsession by uh, In Emotion, which were they? And their am- husband and wife. Were they an American band? Yeah, they're American. They made it big in England. And they were trying to act like they were English, right? There's something. Maybe they're English and trying to act American. Some, I don't know. I can't, yeah, someone There's some story. Mentioned, someone on the 80s Facebook page had mentioned something about In Emotion, about watching a video or their dance moves or something like that. And so I went and turned it on, and before I could get my headsets in, I started watching the video, but not hearing any sound. And if you watch the first 30 seconds of that video with no sound, it's really, really bad. <laughs> like, the, the dance moves and the facial expressions, with no music playing, it sounds, it, it's, it looks really strange. Visually so. not appealing. Visually not appealing at all. So. <laughs> uh, Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears, number 60. We talked about them before. Uh, they had several entries here on the on the charts. Um, 
One song that I absolutely love, uh, the number 72 song, is No More Lonely Nights by Paul McCartney. Mm. It's a slower song, not very well known. Um, you don't really hear it too much on like you know, Sirius XM or any of the others, but it's a great song, and it's one I, I've always just loved. It's a very nice, chill song. Um, number 62, uh, Smooth Operator by Charday. Now, here is somebody who, back in the day, I didn't really care much about, but one of my favorite go-to playlists uh, on, on uh, iTunes or Apple Music is there, they've got a Charday Essentials playlist. There's about 30 songs of hers. Every single one is fantastic. Oh, wow. So if you get a chance, check that one out. That's a good song. Yeah. Um, I listened to Valot by Julian Lennon back then. came out in the fall of 84, right around the time how, that how Feel For You Did. How often did you listen to it? How often did I listen to it? Fairly often. I would say I listened to quite a, quite a lot. I listened to quite a lot. I, I, as, as the first words were escaping my mouth, I couldn't pull them back in in time. So uh, you set me up and I failed you, brother. It's okay. I, I apologize. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, Some Like It Hot by Power Station. When I hear that song now, I think of Rusty in European Vacation. <laughs> His idea of what it was going to be like in Europe and didn't yes. quite work out that way. But, no. uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. A song I hated, uh, number 80, is Solid by Ashford and Simpson. Oh, man, I love that song. You don't Do like you really? Yeah, it's I, retarded. I, I just story. think it's nice. You, you had all these cheap songs. Which one? Solid. You had all these teen songs from the 80s, but this one's like, hey, they solid, were solid as a rock. Solid as a rock. No. No. That's a hard pass for me. Didn't man. feel it. Nope. Lonely Old Night, John Cougar Mellencamp, number 86. Love that song. Love it. I, I like Method almost of, every song by him. Yeah. So. Um, Method of Modern Love was at 83. Oh, so I love that song. Notes, yeah. That's a great song. Uh, Lay Your Hands on Me, Thompson Twins, one of Leah's favorite bands. When she's tired of playing the Guess Who Sings a Song game. Top of the ones. So, yep. Uh, let's see. Jungle Love, number 91, by the time. Did you ever sing Little Pity Lover before it's all over? Mm. Uh, no, not really. Never liked that one. thought it sounded kind of stupid. Okay. Um, I, like, the song doesn't sound bad until the, the Penny Lover, like, that, those two words in, in the chorus, and it just kind of seems kind of awkward to me. I could have named it something else. I might have liked the song more. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I can't understand. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, my favorite band, The Eagles. Uh, Don Henley, number 97, was All She Wants to Do is Dance. So, yeah, we've gone down this list. Anybody, okay. anything else on here sticking out that, that I didn't spew out or you guys miss along the way? No, I think we covered it pretty well. I think we covered it. All right. So, I think we are done with 1985. Would you guys say? It was a great we've year. We've done it it's pretty a, well. It was a good recap. I enjoyed and six it. Six hours ago when we first started. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, <laughs> we, we reflect back to those times, and it was you a know, good time. I tell you, it's amazing how fast the time goes when we get together. Yes, it's it like, does. Mm -hmm. Like yep. you guys got here like five thirty, and it's you know nine, the sun's coming up. It's nine <laughs> yeah. Walk outside. Oh, sun's up. Yeah. So you guys, you guys hear like the hour, hour and a half version of the podcast. Um, we've been we've been at it for like three hours. Not all recording. We you know we ate some pizza, had some catching mm -hmm. up. So so I got here at five thirty, and it's uh, nine ten. So yes, 
it, yeah, time flies. It, it does. does. But that's seems good. hard to believe. But that's, that's a good thing. Uh, you good know, thing. I love hanging out with you guys, and to get the two of you together with me is really good because I know sometimes I'm with just you or just you or yep. whatever. But getting getting this group together here is a good group, and it's it's a good ton group. of fun it's, for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And you guys, <laughs> yeah. If if anybody's still listening to this podcast, yeah. um, Kevin's just laughing. Um, it, it's I. I you know, have my friends on here, and we sit and talk and chat and whatever. But you know, if if no one listened to this podcast at all, I'm glad I've got these these recordings is. of us hanging out and talking Absolutely. and chatting and catching up and making fun of each other and whatnot. And, and oh, we yeah. we had talked about. Oh, are we are we going to talk about that? We or? should talk about we it. Just I mean, no pl- one's listening now at this no point. They're no all listening. done. They they checked out after Shaka Khan. Right. So, right. Yeah. But well, we could plant the seed. Yeah, so we were talking about um, trying to do like an in-person gathering of uh, people that are on, you know, the Facebook page um, that have, you know, that have, have made living in the 80s part of their, the you know, their everyday routine. thing. Yeah. You know, we've got, you know, almost 1,800 people that, you know, are some way affiliated with the page. You know, maybe right. you don't check it every day. Maybe you never do. <laughs> but 1,800 people at, at some point said, I want to be part of that magic, and they are. So uh, at, at which point, I don't know. Probably after COVID still settles down just a little bit. Sure. But I would love to get everybody together in person, maybe do some autograph signings. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just laugh at that. Like, yeah. no one wants your autograph. Rob, they might right. want Matt's, but yeah, they, don't, they don't want yours. But it'd um, be fun though to get everybody together. And just, yeah, because it, it would be an old group of people, you know, because we're we're yeah. probably old folks. So. But just uh, you know, just reminisce because we have fun reminiscing in, in members only studio. We yes. love to just chit chat in the basement. Yeah, it'd be nice to do it around a bonfire with a bunch of other people. And, yeah. And I guarantee you the music's going to rock. Oh. There it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the music will be the best <clears throat> oh, for yeah. any party you've ever been to. <laughs> we'll have some good music going on, just some reminiscing. Yeah. That'd be yep. kind of fun. Yep. Get some food, get some people. There it is. Uh, you know, I don't know if anybody would come out of state for that, from out of state. You never know. I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. They Those could. people from the 80s are crazy. David Martinez might come. David Mark, he might. He just <laughs> might. Uh, I think if, if it's people most likely to make the trip, I think he, he would probably mm-hmm. be on there for us. And as well as, as Deborah. Yeah. That, yeah, that, she's yeah. going to be on here in a couple weeks uh, when we're talking about 1988. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's a, she's a great friend of the show. She was the very first person to send in an audio clip back when I asked people like where they hung out at in the 80s. So she's in Texas right now. She grew up in Kansas. So yeah. and she she's apparently a faithful listener to the show. Imagine that. And she found out about the Facebook show from the podcast. There it is. So, you know, that's great. So, um guys, thank you for coming. Uh, those of you in the audience that have endured this the entire time, uh, thank you very much. And I hope you all have a wonderful evening and a great week. And uh, next week, Matt will be back with me with our friend John McNeil, and we're going to be talking all about 1986. Whoop, whoop. Until then, peace out. See ya.
Okay. Okay. There we go. There we go.